0: hi everyone welcome and thank you all for being here today at this time i present our master of ceremonies of this event to you welcome Hello. melanie ache melanie Ake is the founder of everyday leaders professional coaching and consulting a certified john maxwell team leadership coach speaker and trainer and as a certified why institute agent she helps others discover their own why welcome Hello. melanie Ake.
1: thank you so much Gigi. i am so honored to be here for this panel, the Global Virtual Panel of Depression Survivors event. And thank you so much for hosting this and bringing these world-class leaders together. Gigi, I'd like to introduce you today. Regeline Gigi Sabat, a motivational speaker, best-selling author times two, life coach, first-generation Haitian-American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ-TV, a financial expert and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC. We are so honored that you have asked all of these panelists today to share their stories and their lives about depression and survivorship. So such a great topic for us now during COVID, how we're going to survive the new normal. Today, I'd like to introduce you to our keynote speaker. This is a great friend of mine and she knows a lot about this topic. Lachelle Adkins is known as America's Supermom. She is a wonderful inspiration to so many, a mother of 15, and does so many things for survivors of depression. Lachelle, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much, Melanie, for having me, and I am so excited to be able to speak on this topic. I think it is something that is so important uh, for many People because it's the topic that a lot of people uh, slide underneath the rug. They don't want to face. And to be honest, in my case, a lot of people don't even realize what depression looks like. You know, for me, I thought it was not being motivated, not doing anything, not having any get up and go. But to find out that I was doing all these things, I was accomplishing goals and uh, aspirations, but something was still missing. And uh, diving deeper into that and finding out that it was depression and the journey that it led me on. So now I'm passionate about being able to share my story to the world because I think it's a very important topic that, you know, a lot of us need to be prepared for um, in terms of dealing with uh, life's challenges. So um, I've summed it up really pretty much to say that we need to have a toolkit we need to have three things that I have learned on my journey that I believe are beneficial when it comes to uh, tackling the hard topic of depression. The first thing is a mirror. We need to have a mirror and we need to look in that mirror every day and remind ourselves of how fearfully and wonderfully made that we are. We get into the cycle sometimes of comparison, comparing ourselves to other people, feeling like we're not enough by somebody else's standards. And that was something that I faced over and over again in my own story. And I learned that I had to forgive myself, I had to love myself and I had to accept who I was, the good and the bad, the flaws and the strengths Uh, along my journey. So I think a mirror is the first thing to remind ourselves that the only competition we have is the person that we were yesterday. So every day we should wake up and figure out what am I gonna do to make myself better today, to impact and serve in this world today, to be a blessing to others. The second thing is your mindset. You know, what is it that you believe? What are your values? Who are you? And this is something that a lot of us have that inner voice, that knowing, that believing. But oftentimes we allow the voice in our head to rain louder than the voice that's inside of us. And so Mm -hmm. whatever you focus on grows. And so I believe you have to really dive deep and listen carefully, have that quiet time. Remove the noise of society, of other people, of uh, your children, you know, social media and get, uh, have some time with yourself to really recognize what are those values? What am I doing that helps me to feel good, that makes me feel like I'm excited and passionate about sharing my voice with others? Mm -hmm. And the third thing we need is a microphone, and we need this microphone because it is the power of our voice. We have the ability to manifest things that we believe, and we give that power by our voice. So sometimes we whisper and we think nobody is um, aware of what we're saying, but the person who is really listening is ourselves. And so if we're reminded that everything we say is magnified with the microphone, Mm -hmm. we will probably stop saying some of the things that we do say and realize the power of words. And so our words matter. It's important for us to not only uplift other people, but uplift uplift ourselves. And that's the reality, you know, um, life doesn't come in a box, neatly uh, packaged with a formula of how you're going to be successful. It's uh, the game of life that you have to learn along the way. And so Mm -hmm. realizing that you have to create the environment for yourself. You have to be your own cheerleader a lot of times. You know, I believe the fairy fairy tale for so many years that you know, I could just believe it and it was going to happen and I could talk about it to my girlfriends, to my kids, but it takes action. And that action begins by the things that we say, because what you say, Mm -hmm. you believe, and what you believe, you begin to take action on and then you get the results. And so I think that oftentimes we lose sight because we are trying to get the shiny objects, so to speak, that are innate objects. You know, they don't have any power, a TV, a car, a house. None of these things can give back anything to you. And that's the problem a lot of times with many of us is that we're seeking that validation from things that cannot give us anything back. And so realizing that I had to fill my own cup and I had to put my own oxygen mask on first, uh, was very beneficial on my road to recovery and remembering that self-love is really where it's at. And a lot of times that gets minimized by self-care and self-care really is simply maintenance. That is not actually self-love. And we have to ask ourselves the hard questions of, You know, if I love myself, would I talk to myself this way? If I love myself, would I be doing these things? Would I be going these places? Would I be uh, allowing these people to speak to me this way? Would I, um, you know, not have boundaries? Would I not value certain things? And so it is out of that self-love that we're able to have those hard, difficult conversations so that we can be better versions of ourselves. And so I think it's really important to think about, just like um, you go on a trip, if you're driving, you have a spare tire, just like you're going camping, you have a first aid kit. Well, just like in the game of life, we need to have a survival kit. And that survival kit needs to include a mirror, your mindset, which you have to build on daily, reading books, listening to podcasts, gravitating towards people that are lifting you up rather than bringing you down and really making a conscious choice. You know, so often we believe we have to be around certain people because they're family or it's a friend that I've had for years. But if you're on the road of evolving daily, sometimes that daily process is pruning, It's uh, removing yourself from things that are not serving you some things that are stopping you from growing and being all that you can be. And you definitely need a microphone so that you can speak life to yourself and you can serve with a happy heart in the lives of other people. And so remember today that you are a product of your decisions. Whatever you decide, whatever you believe, take action on it because the only thing stopping you is you the power lies within. And being able to focus on the positive, the things that you wanna manifest, it all begins with what you believe and the actions you take every day. But one thing to remember, never leave home without your toolkit. This is Lachelle Atkins, America's Supermom. I'm happy to be here and to serve on this panel. And I'm looking forward to a great time impacting the lives of many people as we rain uh, the light, shine it brightly on depression so that we can give people the strategies they need to be the best that they can be.
0: Thank you, Lachelle. Thank you, Lachelle.
1: What a powerhouse you are. Don't forget your toolbox. Don't forget your toolbox. You can't survive without it. Thank you so much. You are a light and shining armor for all of us. We appreciate you so much.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: So of all these panels, I like to share statistics and I pulled some information up from the anxiety and depression association of America. So between these speakers, I'd like to share just a few statistics that are really relevant in today's age. So did you know that anxiety disorders are the most common among mental illness in the U S affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older or 18.1% of the population every year. Think about these statistics. I'm gonna challenge you to get your journals out and to really think into each of these speakers, what they bring, how they've affected you, what you can change in your life. One thing that you can do to take that positive step. Our next panelist, I am so excited that you're here, Debbie Debonair a global emotional resilience consultant and holistic counselor who has transformed her life. She's become a beacon of light to help others suffering in adversity, fear, severe lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. She failed suicide attempts three times, overcame extreme clinical depression and prolonged mental domestic abuse. She knows what it takes to come back and control her life. And transform her life. Her story is one of extreme courage and focus, and has resulted in a complete transformation that has seen her rise to become a highly esteemed expert on contemporary emotional and trauma recovery. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much, Melanie, and no, thank you so much for having me as as one of your panelists. I'm Debbie Debonair, and I was in a depressive state for more than 10 years. Um, I spiraled into clinical depression through uh, physical abuse and mental abuse, and basically being trodden so far down that I actually didn't know the way up anymore and didn't really know what clinical depression was either and i got really frustrated because nobody could explain to me what clinical depression was and while i was going through my my journey to to overcome the clinical depression um having survived the uh, or should i say failed the three attempts at suicide and had my oh shit moment where I had a vision of my little boy, uh, crying, um, showed me that my little boy actually needed his mummy. And that was my turning and pivotal point to start looking at ways that I could come back from the depths of clinical depression. So I went on a quest. Um, as part of my journey um, to understand what clinical depression was, even though there's not very much out there that actually explains it to you. And because your depression is evaluated by your thoughts and your feelings, your daily activities, your eating habits, your sleep, sleeping habits, all of which for, for me were so in turmoil, it was very, very difficult to kind of See through the fog, and I wanted to understand what this clinical depression was. And you know, I was always told it was an imbalance of chemicals in your brain, but nobody went any deeper than that. And then I, on my own quest and research, found that it was insufficient serotonin and dopamine um, actually in your brain. And the reason people can't pinpoint what the cause is. Is because there's many um, neutron transmission changes in your brain, that and it's constant. It's constantly changing, so nobody can explain it to you, other than evaluating through your thoughts, your feelings, and daily activities, etc. And uh, funny, what the, the the key note speaker said was about the mirror. That was actually the first start of my journey. I did a lot of mirror work. And for three to six weeks, I walked in front of my mirror with my eyes closed and didn't actually open them for six weeks. Well, three weeks, I think it was. And then I would open them and close them again and walk off. And that was a real difficult thing for me because I hadn't actually looked in the mirror for nine years. Um, But it was so, so powerful to do that because once you do look in the mirror, you actually look past the face in the mirror, and if you look into the eyes and deep into those eyes, you go into the heart of the person that's in the mirror. And that was what carried on my journey because I did a lot of research between the relationship between the brain and the heart and the power that they both have in assisting each other. Um, So I did an awful lot of work on that and also um, found out a lot about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to adapt and master skills, store memories and, and enhance our cognitive capabilities. But it's also listening and feeling those feelings that trigger those thoughts of, you know, where are you going in life? you know, what is your purpose? And through all of this research, I realized that when I conquered my clinical depression, my purpose on this earth was the reason I failed three attempts at suicide, was to go through this research so that I could be here to show other people who are stuck in that anxious, depressive state, with no way out, no, not able to see the light, actually hold that torch for them so that they can then find their own light at the end of their own dark tunnel. Uh, because it is very, a very dark place to be when you're in depression. And when I conquered my depression and did all my research, I was able to rewire the patterns in my brain so that I could be here to show other people how to do exactly the same. And now I say to everyone, choose life, choose freedom, but most of all, choose you because you are the most important person in your life. Thank Thank you you so much for, for having me.
0: Thank you, Debbie.
1: I hope you all heard that, choose you, choose you. It's so important. So many of us are struggling with so many things, maybe denying depression in our own life. And so it's important to know that you matter. So, so valuable. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable. Treatable, this is treatable. Yet only 36.9% of those suffering actually reach out for treatment. So you can do something about this. We're going to go on to our next panelist, Lori Schoenfeld, owner of Inner Enlightenment, a business built around connecting your inner light and the child within. She does this through stillness, creativity, play, and self-expression. She's also the host of Inner Enlightenment Show, Her goal and focus is to turn a negative experience into something positive through writing, speaking, and teaching. Welcome so much, Lori. Thank
4: you, thank you for the introduction. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, Depression is something that each one of us go through at different points within our life. Um, It is something that is not often talked about um, when we start feeling these feelings of um, shame, guilt, dread, and sorrow, um, with my own personal journey my own personal journey, I tried to hide them under the rug and put a bandaid on it and pretend that everything was just okay. And I lived for almost three decades of just coasting but I was massively depressed and I was depressed because I was trying so hard to be someone else. I was trying to be what I thought I should be, what I thought other people needed me to be, um, but not allowing myself to feel or be who I really was. And the turning point for me was when I took out, I call it the investigator journal, where I got my notebook and I got honest with myself And I started writing down, how do I feel? How am I thinking right now? What do I want? What's important to me? And releasing everything else that I thought I needed to be, that I thought that I should be, and almost relearning who was Laurie, who was the person I did not give myself the opportunity to be. And... That began my journey toward healing and starting to peel back those layers from depression to really starting to find joy because I was starting to be who I am, what my heart wanted me to be. Um, A big part of that for me was writing. And I would love to share a piece with you that I wrote three years ago, um, a tool that you can use when you're writing as we all are writers we have things that we think feel all the time Um, most of the time we don't write and we don't think we're writers because we go to the space of it's not enough or we're not enough or it's not worthy your voice is enough and what you have to say is important and there's a reason why you have that message that's different than everyone else so first thing i would say go to a place where it's calm where you don't have distractions, get out a notebook, find one thing to pay attention to that's tangible in nature. In this piece that I wrote, I used rain. The earthy dirt and pitter-pat sound hitting the ground welcomed my tears with its own, speaking to me that I'm not alone. With every tear from the sky, the grass becomes greener, and the rivers run wild with the overflow. In due time, flowers grow and leaves sprout, and the rain heals all their troubled droughts. It says, cry for a while, let your emotions pour dry. And I say, then I may never stop. It tells me I've held things in for much too long and I have a lot to work out. I say, I know, but it hurts and I can't bear the pain. I don't want to feel this way. I'm told it will help you grow, I promise you so. And when you stop, your soul will release the pain of today. A tear drops from my face, then another right after and quickly a downpour came. The rain understood and she brought in her emotions. We cried together in a rushed state. An hour went by and I wiped a tear from my chin and the storm let up at the same pace. It asked me, would you like me to leave? I said, no, stay for a while. It said, I'll stay until you have nothing left to say. I nodded my head and the storm trickled on. We both grew together that late day. Don't be a stranger, you're not alone. I said, I know, I appreciate the reminder. How do you feel? I replied, a little more light. It said, the storm can help you to be a pathfinder. I smiled and said, I know that you're right. I feel it inside, releasing the pain can help me move on. It paused for a moment and then celebrated, showering me in clarity. And I danced in the rain to our newfound song. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Lori.
1: Thank you so much, Lori. What a great reminder, a beautiful poem to reflect on. I appreciate you so much. You know, when we think about all these statistics, anxiety disorders develop from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, our experience, brain chemistry, and personality. And our next panelist is a powerhouse. She has experienced a lot in her life and overcome depression. We have Ms. Madison Marquette. Um, to introduce her, I, oops, so sorry, there we go. She is a human trafficking advocate, mental health advocate, and a law student. Thank you so much for sharing and joining and giving us your time
5: today, Madison. Thank you. So my uh, journey of depression is a little bit um, different. I'm sure I just hearing the last three speakers are just, those are powerhouses. My gosh. Um, I, yes, I am a advocate, a human trafficking survivor advocate, but I'm also a human trafficking survivor. And I was trafficked for almost a decade. And when I was trafficked, I didn't realize that I was in a state of depression through being trafficked, being tortured and raped and beaten. When you're wanting to kill yourself or die every day, you're depressed. When I had gotten out, I, to me, death was the only option of just because that depression is just inside your head and you're just so like used to trauma and pain. And so the only way to get rid of that trauma and pain is is through death is what you think. And so I continued to try to go find different therapists and I couldn't find any, um, therapists that fit me that would help me through what depression is. And I didn't even know what depression was really. Um, and that can kind of tell me how to rethink, um, like in my brain of how I was thinking. And, um, I finally found a therapist and she looked at me and she said, you know, you're so comfortable in abuse and you're so comfortable in trauma that that's why you're depressed because you've had trauma since a little girl up until an adult and so you are just so comfortable in it that that you're never going to get out of this depression until you get out of being comfortable in trauma and i thought it was so powerful at first when she said it to me i really hated her I was like okay lady <laughs> And then I totally just, it hit home and I was like, well, wait a minute, how do I get out of this victim stance? How do I get out of this trauma? So I'm not depressed and I can actually live life. I can smell the flowers. I can taste my food. I can things that people maybe take for granted. And so she's like, well, let's go on this. You have to go on a healing journey and you have to start forgiving. You have to forgive the people that have done things to you and raped you and beat you and torture you. You have to go on a forgiveness journey. So my journey with depression was um, a lot. And it's funny because my primary care physicians wanted to pump me full of drugs and I just wouldn't do it. And so then I went and I found a holistic doctor that said, you know, you have to change your eating habits. Certain foods can like sugary stuff can mess with. I think it was someone said it was serotonin in your brain, and it can just mess with who you are and, that there's like so much was food and people don't even realize. So I went and found my journey was finding people that can help me because I didn't want to know what depression was. I didn't even know what human trafficking was until a therapist told me. And so finding these people that can kind of move me into this healing space and the forgiveness space. Um, and so I was doing very well. And then I got pregnant. And after I had my first son, I had extreme postpartum depression. And again, my OBGYN wanted to push drugs on me. And I think my depression, again, I had to go find someone that can help me that didn't wanna pump me full of drugs. And I think my depression at that point came from, oh my gosh, how do I, I know the evil in the world. How do I protect this human? And how do I protect him from the evil that's out there? And so when I started to find again, the same therapist, they were like telling me the same thing. Listen, you cannot um, protect your children from everything. They're going to see evil. evil's going to happen. But I could protect them from everything that happened to me. And I didn't have to be in a depressed state. And I needed to get into a healthy mindset for uh, my son. I have two sons now. And so I needed to be in that healthy mindset for both of them. That if they were to ever struggle with mental health, that I can go to them and say, listen, this is not anything to be ashamed of. It's just something that we need to work on. We don't need to, um, one of the things that is really difficult for me in the world is people always, if you don't like what someone's saying, or you may disagree with it, people will say, oh, well, your mental health, you have issues with your mental health. And people don't realize mental health is a very real thing. Depression is a really real thing. Suicide is a real thing. And trauma is a real thing. And so to throw that around of oh is your mental health okay it's just not okay because some people that you're saying to that might really be struggling and at that point could be a pivoted pivotal moment for them where they go do something drastic because they're in that state of mind of trauma and non-forgiveness and and just don't know how to ask for help so if I can encourage anyone, if you need help, I mean, I always tell people, my door is always open. You can reach out to me and if I can't help you. I will find the help for you because we have to stick together, especially when it comes to mental health. And if it can save a life by me, just listening to you, please reach out. And I love how someone said, you have to choose you. And the one thing that I want to say before you choose me, In spite of all of this, I could have never gotten through any of the trauma any of the depression, anything, unless I had Jesus and Jesus is my savior. He's my king and my father. And he has watched over me through every single thing that I have gone through. So yes, choose you, but you have to choose Jesus first, because then Jesus will take care of every single thing that you need. And he will provide and he will provide for your children and he will provide every single need. I promise you that. So choose Jesus, then choose you. Thank you.
0: Thank you
1: Madison. Yeah. Thank you so much Madison. You know, you just bring a light around you every time you speak. You just have this shining beam of light and uh, you really give so much energy to the things that you've been able to overcome and we just so appreciate you being on this panel today to know that there is hope and and you're right. Through Christ all things are possible. Thank you for joining I wanted to bring out this statistic because Madison touched on it, but post-traumatic stress disorder, and Lashelle touches on this a little bit in her story as well. It affects 7.7 million adults, 3.5 percent of the U.S. population. Now, women are more likely to be affected than men, but rape is the most likely trigger for PTSD. 65 percent of men and 45.9 percent of women. Who are raped will develop the disorder. Childhood sexual abuse and a strong is a strong predictor of the lifetime likelihood for developing PTSD. So there's so many factors that we really need to be aware of so that we can offer help to those that are around us in our lives. Our next panelist, I'm really excited that you're here, Kellen, <laughs> is Kellen Fluke. Um, He is the author of 13 books with numerous bestsellers and Kellen now coaches an international clientele in business, inner work, and high performance. Welcome to the panel, Kellen.
6: Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm going to be a little noisier than the previous guests. That's. Um, So depression It's a thing we have in our heads, but it comes from outside. My journey started when I was about 15. I was treated very physically abusively, okay? Today it would be felony child abuse. But the thing that I took away, and I'm not angry at anybody or any of that, but the thing that I took away from that is I'm not good enough, and I never will be. And I lived in that place in my mind that says, I'm not okay, and I never will be okay. And I went, and the other thing that came with that is it's not okay to talk about. You suck and you can't talk about it with anybody. And you have to deal with all this on your own. And so I did, and I didn't talk about it. And I went through a battlefield, the ups and downs of depression for 40 years until I finally talked to somebody and during that 40 years i burned through relationships i was in and out of rehab and all kinds of stuff and here's the crazy thing all the while that was under the surface all the while i had all these high profile jobs and i was doing all this stuff that was really look cool and people would look at my life and say wow you got it made you got all this stuff and the answer is i can't wait to get Hi, I can't wait to get drunk. I can't wait to do anything because I hate myself so bad. And our first speaker who I love, Michelle talked about having a mirror. Boy, when I coach, I have one of these handy right in front of my, my uh, right on my desk all the time. And I hold it up when a client says something and I'll say, did you hear what you say? And she said, mirror work. A couple of our people have referred to that. If you don't walk by the mirror walk up to the mirror, deep into the soul of your heart, through your eyes and say, I love you. Right to your core, even if you wanna look away. I had one client tell me, I'd rather put my hand in a meat grinder than do that. You're missing an opportunity. Loving yourself is good, it is right, it is holy, it is celestial, it is God given. You think God loves himself? Of course he does. So does Jesus. And I know Gigi's powerful thing of God first. And I loved what just got said about the Savior. I was too stubborn or whatever to help myself past my depression. I had to have some divine intervention when I was in my early 50s. Finally, I was a terrifying addict, even though I was functioning. $3,000 a week was the bill, right, for that the drugs that I was using at the time. I had a divine intervention. God said, we're not doing this anymore. So I walked away from all of that, not knowing, not having any idea what I was gonna do. I was single again for the third time. And two weeks later, another divine intervention brought my now wife of 14 years to my side in in a miraculous way also. You. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've been through. There's a plan for you. You've got the opportunity to do good. Now, since then I loved the mirror, the mindset and the microphone, that was beautiful. So the mindset is a choice that I have to make every single day. And some people talk about overcoming depression. I don't know what that means. Because the notion that I'm can, i not quite enough is something that is constantly there. And I have to make a choice all the time. Every day, I'm going to love and give and serve every client, every person I talk to, that's all I do. And so I don't do anything in my life. I don't have a business, it's a coaching practice and then something else. From the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, I'm in conversation with the spirit, with God, however you wanna call it, the universe, to find out what is the thing I need to do right now. And sometimes it is sit quietly with my wife and sometimes it is take care of her mom. And sometimes it is look for clients and sometimes it's be here with you beautiful people understanding or helping us all together understand your greatness. And that microphone for me, it's been books. I wrote tightrope from depression, my journey from darkness, despair and death to light, love and life. I wrote the sequel to that book, which I'm gonna show you just a second because it's on Amazon and I don't have a physical copy. It's called Down From the Gallows. And the name of that one is the myth, the truth, and the battles of a creative with depression. It's ongoing. Two and a half years ago, I went to the hospital with a lethal infection in the lungs that had a 10-day mortality rate of 100% and died. So I wrote Meeting God at the Door, Conversations, Choices, and Commitments of a Near-Death Experience. When I say mindset work, that's all we are. We're our mindset and we create life. And then I wrote the Book of Context, which is a game about how to change your beliefs. And I wrote it for me. I wrote all of them for me. And so if I can leave you with one thing today, it is my overflowing love for you and my absolute knowledge from this ridiculous journey that I've been on, that you are loved. And the invitation for me and from others to love yourself is such a beautiful place to start every day, every minute. Love who you are this minute as well as the person you think you're becoming. Go after your mission, your purpose, and use your mirror to love yourself. Create the message that you have through your mindset, You choose it and then spread it with your microphone, whether you write books or you speak or you love your kids or whatever it is that you do and know that there is no one that can be you and God needs every single one of us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Kellen.
1: Thank you so much, Kellen. Gosh, remember we are all here on purpose for purpose and writing our journals is writing our story. So uh, what a great reminder, 13 books in your, in your chair. Thank you for sharing that Kellen, and your inspiration. You're amazing. Depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Almost 75% of people with mental disorders remain untreated in developing countries with almost 1 million people taking their lives each year. In addition, according to the World Health Organization, one in 13 globally suffers from anxiety. The World Health Organization reports that anxiety disorders are the most common mental disorders worldwide with specific phobia, major depressive disorder and social phobia being among among the most common anxiety disorders. Our next panelist, we're so grateful that you're here all the way from Australia, is Renee Michelle, international speaker, author, and consultant with Renee Michelle, speaker, author, consultant. We're so excited to have you. Her book is From Victim to Victory, Battle Scars Are Beautiful. Thank you for joining us today.
7: Thank you so much, Melanie. And thank you, everybody. Wow, I'm just blown away. Every time we meet, I get so inspired by the life The life and the transformations. We are the human faces that we can overcome whatever comes our way and to share our time and give that hope it even inspires me every time. My trauma and my journey through childhood sexual abuse really opened the door for me to experience depression for over 30 years and I had no idea I was in this dark place and I describe it like this thick blanket of fog that smothered everything in my life and as I went on and developed a career and held down very high level jobs, I still had no enjoyment, there was no connection of my heart to a purpose or really even my heart to another individual I was disconnected I felt isolated because it was all up here I kept it hidden so many of us suffer in silence and that's why I love the fact that Gigi has put on these amazing panels because we get to speak we get to give voice we get to put our hands up and say this is real, life is real. I didn't ask to be abused as a child and there was nobody around talking about this. So my limiting beliefs told me I was worthless. My limiting beliefs told me I was responsible for what had happened to me. I, every single day, internalized the pain and I had nowhere to turn to. Every day smothered in that fog. I, like many other speakers you will hear from and have already heard, ran to suicide. I just didn't know how to stop and I didn't want to feel. That pain was overwhelming. And this is the thing, and this is something very important that I want to convey, When we avoid pain in our life, when we run away from circumstances, I'm medicated on alcohol and drugs. I started taking drugs at the tender age of 10. I was looking for anything to avoid feeling not good enough. And when you live every day with those limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough, that is when something like depression is so prevalent. And then I was triggered by things like the weather, I was triggered by a bad comment at work because, again, I told myself, this is your fault. See, you're not good enough. It all came back to my core beliefs. And my core beliefs, when I started to heal, is where I started on changing who I saw myself as. And Jesus was the one who found me and pulled me out of the darkness. Jesus was the one that told me that I am righteous and loved in his sight, that what the world said about me was not truth. And that's where I started rebuilding who I was. I found hope in him, not what anybody else said. And that is when I started to feel joy for the very first time. So if I can urge you to find an accountability person, whether that is a therapist, and I tried many. Don't give up, keep going till you find the right one. Turn to church, turn to the word, turn to truth who says that you are the heir to the throne. Nothing that comes at you will be bigger than what God has placed on the inside of you. So please reach out for hope, reach out to any one of our panellists. We are here for you, we are here to hold your hand and walk this journey with you. God is the light, and no matter what comes at you, he has got you. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you, Renee.
1: Thank you, Renee. We love you. You are just a wonderful person. And on your journey, you're so encouraging for all of us to know that we can get through anything. And you're right. With God, all things are possible. Appreciate you so much. Obsessive compulsive disorder is also part of anxiety and depression. OCD affects 2.2 million adults, or 1% of the US population. OCD is is equally common among men and women. The average age of onset with this is 19, with 25% of the cases occurring by age 14. One third of affected adults first experience symptoms in childhood. So if you're an adult dealing with depression, you really do, like, like Renee just said, getting help to understand that this started very early and the reasons behind that. So many of our panelists are encouraging us to find better ways to live our life today. I want to introduce our next uh, panelist, Ms. Tess Timms. Tess is an international best-selling author, trainer, and coach who gives her clients and tools to take action of their dreams and that live the life that they desire. Tess helps authors create a bankable business. And after two decades of building a successful hair extension and hair replacement business, which has transformed thousands of women's lives and self-esteem, she turned her talents to coaching women and men on how to clear the chaos in their lives with the three C's, chaos awareness, clarity awareness, and commitment awareness. Welcome to the panel t- Ms.
0: Tess. There seems to be a technical issue. Oh, there she is. Hello,
8: Tess?
1: We still have her on mute.
8: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, ma'am.
9: Okay, yes. Hi, I'm Tess Uh, Glad I'm glad to be a part of the panel. And thank you, Gigi, for inviting me. Um, yes, I have um I wanted to share with everybody about, you know, the the power of pushing through. And in one time in my life, several times in fact, but one that I can remember is when I got into a state of depression. Um, when I got stranded on I ten and had to be rescued by boat for two days. And I went into a state of depression. And I had to push through and start looking in the mirror. I hear everybody talk about in the mirror, and that's true. I could not recognize who I was. And when I realized that I needed to get some support, I had to get support from the church council every week to push me through. And for anybody out there that's listening, that you can't do this alone. You need support. And the support pushed me through, helped me to get there. But I made a decision that I wanted to do something different, and that made a difference in my life. So I want to thank you guys for having me, and just know that, you know, through God, uh, that really pushed me through because I, I, He was the answer, not only to with the counsel, but to, that I knew I had God had my back say Tess you can do this you can push through this because I didn't recognize who I was I didn't recognize who I was at all and you know I'm I'm successful in business but if you're going through something that's causing you to not recognize who you are seek help so I want to thank everybody for listening and that's all I have to say thank you Tess thank you
1: Thank you, Tess, for joining us. So important. Thank you. Thank you so very much. You know, stress. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you. Stress for those of you that feel like stress may not be a part of depression. It can cause major clinical depression and so many other physical symptoms that we have. Everyone experiences stress and anxiety at one time or another. The difference between them is that stress is a response to a threat in a situation. Anxiety is a reaction to stress. So think about this, the things that are on your mind now and today, how you need to take action for those things in your life so that you can become stronger through it. Our next panelist has an amazing story and she understands this specifically. Andrea Rojas, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a domestic violence and sexual assault and suicide attempt survivor and advocate, and we are so, so grateful that you're here with us today.
10: Hi, good evening, and thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Gigi, uh, LaKeisha, um, Jacqueline, for setting this up, this panel. Um, I think it's something that we really need. you know, even to this this day, helping depression, it's a very um, serious disease. And I've been dealing with it pretty much all my life. Um, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse from seven to 10 uh, from two family members. And on the outside, you know, you saw this happy, smiley little girl and inside I was crumbling. I was, you know, crying to God every night, please stop this, you know, all my my soul was crushed. So I think all those years of you know, you're one person to the world and, and, and in private, you're destroyed inside. Your innocence, your soul is is dead. And I think all those that joy that you did have as an innocent child, six year old, I mean, look at your children now if you have small children, um, that was stolen. That was crushed. So all those years. I know that made my depression. And the first person I told when I was in high school, I was 16, I had an accident. I was in a nurse's office and it had a form where you ever sexually abused or molested. And then those words was just like, you know, um, a shot in the dark um, because I repressed it. I had forgot about it. Um, and ever since then, my depression took a hold of me. And um, I didn't do really, after that, I was in art high school. I, I, I kind of flunked out. Um, I went to college, flunked out. I was really depressed back then, my early twenties. And, um, you know, it uh, it's something that you battle every day. Um, you know, you go on, you go to work, but you're still, you know, with yourself. And not until I... Um, you know, with the guidance counselor and I found a few therapists that were really good for me. Um, I finally got the, what it is, I, I feel like for me and I know a lot of people, the feelings, there's no words for the feelings. You kind of, you gave it no voice. And when you're in therapy, I had a pushback, what, you know, trying not to cry. And the therapist would ask me, why, why won't you cry? Well, why do, what are the tears? And I'm like, I just can't, I, it's too painful. And that was a depression coming out. So, um, little by little, uh, well, that therapy and even going to God. I didn't have a good connection with God in my early years. I thought, I thought my purpose was to be a sex object, you know, a sex worker to men. Um, that's what I thought my worth was and my esteem. Little by little, I got closer to God. I started reading the Bible, and that helped me a lot with. Um, seeing who I was, um, and then the depression got in and out over the years um, in our last panel with the suicide, my last suicide attempt was 2006, and that was my lowest point with the depression, but um, someone else said that uh, you should talk to someone um, or have an accountability partner, even if it's just a co-worker, um, just one person, um, so you can try to get out of it, um, but I've tried different therapies and um, even to this day, I've been going to therapy and it has helped me a lot. And also journaling has helped and also doing art as a therapy, as a creative outlet, um, because, uh, but now, you know, I'm not in that state I was, you know, as from years ago, but I um, think the depression is for me is, you um, not living out your passion. You feel like you lost your dreams, you lost your chance, but there is a way out of it. Um, never lose hope in yourself because each person here on this panel and um, if you're listening to this now, you're, you're a beautiful soul and you can get through this. And depression is just temporary. Um, it took me many years, about 20 years to find this out, but... Um, you can overcome this and you can have, you can find joy again. Um, and a lot of these Facebook groups now that we have, I feel a great connection to them. So I'm really proud to be uh, with the panel of these women. A lot of these stories and sharing is reaching our soul, right? And um, little by little getting out of the depression. But um, I wanted to thank everyone here and um, thanks for listening. Thank you, Andrea.
1: Thank you so much for joining. You are a warrior. We appreciate you and celebrate you. You have really inspired us in so many ways on so many of these panels. So thank you for sharing your heart always. Depression and anxiety disorders are different, but people with depression often experience symptoms similar to those of an anxiety disorder. If you know someone or yourself with nervousness, irritability, problems sleeping or concentrating, each of these disorders has its own cause and its own emotional and behavioral symptom. So especially right now, what we've experienced over the last year, if you are experiencing these or know someone in your life that is, this could be clinical depression. I'd like to welcome our next panelist. Deborah Beecham, thank you so much for joining us today. You're the founder and director of Navigating Justice in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for sharing tonight.
11: It's great to be here. And while wow, these speakers, there's so much here, I've been taking a ton of notes. Um, so I'm going to lead with the good news and that is that um, depression can be overcome. And I'm living proof of that because I Um, If you had asked me six months ago, did I think I would get past it, I probably would have said no. Um, You know, I know that God had more in store for me than that, but it it took a lot of work and I've been very intentional. So I'm going to say what I've done is um, I surrounded myself with new people, good people. I've learned a lot from my past mistakes about the people that I had around me who were making me feel bad about myself, so I changed that. I changed, um, I started acupuncture, and I have a chiropractor who does uh, work with a frequency, microcurrent frequency device, and um, so it wasn't one thing. It was a combination of um, getting the right diagnosis, and I was able to get a brain scan done, and so I was able to see what PTSD looks like in my brain. I was able to see the depression, the anxiety, I could see why the sleep just wasn't happening without medication. Um, So I worked with doctors and with um, alternative medicine, holistic practitioners with the acupuncturist. So the, The short answer to a longer story is that over the last few months, um, I've learned what it's like to sleep like I've never slept before. Um, I've learned what it's like to not be afraid to not take medication. I did rely on medication for a while, even though I'm not a big fan of it, but I needed it. Um, And it's okay to need it. It's okay to um, listen to your doctors. It's okay to, Um, be in therapy it's okay to cry a lot you know whatever your body says you need to do to process that that's then that's what you do Um, so the acupuncture and working getting into some other energy work um, I'm using a microcurrent frequency device and using phototherapy and of course supplements exercise is big I was so depressed I didn't want to exercise did I knew I needed to, I've been an elite athlete in the past. I, you know, I'm vain. I know, I know what it looks like and feels like when I'm in good shape and I'm not overeating because of depression. So um, it it was really hard work, Um, but I did it. And I'm not all the way where I wanna be. And I don't know that any of us ever are, Um, but the journey feels good now. That's the main thing I want you to hear right now. The journey to overcoming depression can feel good and over um, empowering once you know what it is you're dealing with, once you can look at it, once you can call it what it is, once you have people that you feel safe talking to, like one of our other speakers said, sometimes it takes working with multiple, you know, going to different people until you find the right therapist. Um, I'm gonna say um, a little bit about my work and that I work with parents and children who are in child custody and divorce litigation. So very high stress and naturally occurring anxiety, depression, sleep problems, all in and around family conflict. Um, So I've not just experienced it firsthand and I've experienced what my stepsons and then my own children went through because of the conflict that entered the court system. But um, I think this is a call to action, maybe, that if you, are, if you have people in your community, your neighbors or family members who are dealing with litigation, be especially tuned in to what's happening with depression, anxiety, sleep. And for goodness sake, talk about it. Find a way to have the conversation, um, because we don't want um, We don't want people to suffer in silence. Hope hope is available. Hope is there in front of us, but help is available. Um, So I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna pretend that I have to go in 30 seconds and I'm gonna leave you with this tip. The hardest thing for me was to, every time I met a new therapist or somebody new to try to explain what I was going through and what I was feeling, I was triggered constantly and I finally realized that if I had some help writing out, and maybe it's writing on a tablet, maybe it's on paper, maybe it's big, bold markers, maybe it looks ugly, you know, or maybe it's an audio recording. But if you get some help telling your story about how you're feeling, what you're scared of, um, what's making you angry, what's making you overeat, what's making you drink. And then keep that on your phone, keep it in your wallet, keep it with you so that you can maybe show your little summary or your bullet points instead of regurgitating the same thing over and over again. And there's a a lot of good things to say about talking it out, but it's exhausting and it's triggering to say the same things over and over and over again. And and this is one of the things that I do for parents and children in cases is I'm often their voice so that they have somebody. So what I'm saying is find somebody to help be your voice. I love the microphone and the mirror, like all of these are fantastic tools. So my tool to add to the toolbox would be to find somebody to help speak for you and or have something in writing or an audio file that explains what you're going through to kind of take the burden, you know, take the, some of the weight off of you from trying to explain what's happening with you. Um, I love, um, I think it was Madison talked about, actually, probably a couple of people about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a powerful tool for dealing with depression. Um, faith, of course, I wouldn't have made it. I would not have made it through the last five years um, without my faith. Um, I was showing somebody, I did a Zoom prayer session yesterday with somebody um, and I showed them my Bible and how just filled with post-it notes and stickies and all kinds of, and just overflowing, this Bible was I wore it out in my depression. In my fear, in my anxiety, in my sleeplessness. Um, so I'm proud to say that I now have this living proof in my Bible and in my body that you can, um, a you can rely on God, and b there are people around you. It's it's hard to ask for help, but there are people who will listen and who will step up. Um, and you can get better. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited to go to sleep at night now because I know I'm going to sleep. I'm not afraid. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm still like, it's still kind of new for me. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I actually slept all those hours and I didn't have nightmares and I didn't get jolted out of bed and in, in fear and shock. So, you know, it's so cool. <laughs> so Look look for the help, it's there. And um, you can find me through the group if you have any questions. Thanks for, thanks for having me here, this is a great group.
0: Thank you, Deborah.
1: Thank you, Deborah. You know, it really is about overcoming. It's getting that mindset right and having those tools in the toolbox. Getting that and being able to write about it is, is so critical. Thank you for reminding us about that and, and for sharing and for standing up for other people that can't. You know, I wanted to go back to just a list of things. If you or someone that you know is experiencing these, see, there's the signs of depression. And so get your journals out, right? So there's there's nine things little interest or pleasure in doing things, feeling down, depressed, or hopeless, trouble falling or staying asleep or sleeping too much, feeling tired or having a little energy, poor appetite or overeating, feeling bad about yourself or that you are a failure or you've let yourself or your family down, trouble concentrating on things such as reading the newspaper or watching television moving or speaking so slowly that other people they may have noticed or the opposite being so fidgety or restless that you've been moving around a lot more than usual and the last one is thoughts that you would be better off dead or hurting yourself in some way so again if any of those resonate with you today please reach out to this Facebook group that's created so that you can get the help that you need or for someone else. Our next panelist, Erica Castro. I am so happy that you are joining us today. You have so much to teach us. You're a teacher at MUSD, domestic violence, sexual assault, and suicide attempt survivor and advocate. Thank you for joining us.
12: Hi, thank you guys for having me. I'm so grateful to be on this panel. Um, My depression started when my mother died at five years old. Um, And then I was being sexually abused as well. And so it was very difficult for me to really deal with my emotions and my feelings. When my mother died, I went from being taken care of to neglected. And um, I had to pretty much grow up and be on my own and and deal with all the emotions and all the pain and the loss that I had. In the seventh and eighth grade, I became um, a cutter. And I kind of understand it today. Um, I would rather feel the physical pain instead of the emotional pain. Um, And even still with all of that, I didn't find help. I didn't find support. Um, I grew up in a Hispanic family who didn't really believe in therapy or, or, you know, you know, you just have to get over it. You just have to get through it. And so I did good in school. I figured, okay, I need to get out of this house. I need to get out of this house. What I didn't realize was that graduating from college, and if you don't heal, you tend to perpetuate those same problems that you had just with different people. So my father was with an alcoholic, and so when I left, I graduated, I left to California. I was I married an alcoholic, and so I was living the same life that I was living um, as a child, and I kept repeating that same pattern. Um, I when you're on survival mode, you don't even realize you're depressed. You have no idea. Um, I didn't realize. I knew that I had bouts of depression and bouts of sadness, and I did suffer from suicide ideation and you know all these different things, but I, I didn't really grasp it because I was so busy trying to take care of everything and neglecting myself. Um, I had two children at the time, I have three now, but at the time I had two, so I was so wrapped up in their lives and trying to make them happy that I was almost like a ghost not really being one with my emotions. Um, and finally, um, when I started really being aware of my depression was when all of a sudden I have a good relationship. I have a son. I, have, I still have my job. My job was, every, it's always been a lot for me um, because I teach and I, I impact and I want to help them. And I would show up to work every day and feel this empty, hollow, in my heart, every single day. And I would still get up and still go to work, but I felt so empty and and so hollow. So it wasn't until I discovered that if you don't deal with your childhood trauma, you're gonna take it into adulthood. And that's what happened to me. I had everything I wanted. I had a good relationship. I had a good, you know, I had my sons, my children were doing well, and I was still empty, sad and hurt. And I had to find help for myself. Um, I did have several therapy. I went to group programs, but I gotta say, honestly, the thing that really changed my life was hiring a coach because my coach told me at one point, if you don't listen to me, you're gonna have to pay someone else. (laughs) I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew better. I, you know, and it's like, you know, my therapist would never say that to me, but my coach did. She said, I'm telling you what you need to do, you don't wanna do it, then I'm not gonna take your money anymore. And that was really the turning point for me that it really changed me and it made me find healing um, because I needed to find support. I needed to find someone that believed in me enough so that I could break through those barriers. Um, I have something to read really quick. I got this letter today by Joshua Sprague that was so profound. The ego wants to isolate when you are struggling. It wants to attach your mistakes and failures to who you are as a person. Over time, isolation creates a dangerous downward spiral. It slowly cuts you off from the divine insight, from inspiration, from the right people and opportunities. You literally can no longer see the opportunity or a way out anymore because you have programmed the reticular activating system of your brain to continue validating your isolation and despair. This is when you must put yourself around other people that can help you. You have to receive their vibes so you can reactivate that part of you that has gone to sleep. It doesn't matter what it takes, just do it. You don't have to share your mistakes or failures with the whole world. You just have to start to shift your environment. This creates an effect similar to opening a new computer program that hasn't been open for a while. It uses a new part of the operating system, taking energy away from the isolation program. Change this environment, even just a little bit, and you will start to change the program. I don't know who I am writing this for, but I see you. I love you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Erica.
1: Thank you so much, Erica. Right? What she said, hire someone to help you. Hire someone to help you. Don't do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. There are lots of ways and treatments. One is called IPT. It's interpersonal therapy. Interpersonal therapy is a time-limited treatment for major depressive disorder. It aims at reducing or eliminating depressive symptoms by improving the quality of the patient's current interpersonal relations and social functioning. Find a coach, find someone to help you. Our next panelist, I'm very excited to have him here tonight Barry Ball. Barry Ball was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, as the oldest of nine siblings. Those two things made him who he is as a servant leader. Throughout his high school years, he immersed himself. In the JROTC programs at the various schools he attended, he ultimately rose to be the top cadet in the city. This led him to want to pursue a career in the military. He also wanted to be the first person in his family to graduate from a four-year institution. He did both. He graduated from the United States Military Academy at West Point, and he obtained a bachelor's of science degree in sociology with a track in systems engineering. He served active duty in the US Army as a transportation officer. He served as a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. His career ended suddenly when he received a mental health diagnosis. And today he is a speakerpreneur, leadership enthusiast, and veteran entrepreneurship coach. Thank you for joining us, Barry.
13: Oh, wow. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's just such an honor to be here. So what I'm going to do is paint a picture for you. Then I'm going to break that down into three concepts that you can really sink your teeth in and help navigate that image. So life is not just a journey. It's a classroom and we go down our paths as lifelong students. It's interesting how we all react differently to the education that life brings. In the beginning, some of us are bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed, while others, they just wanna stay at home, and stay with our guardians. Sadly, many of us receive a different education that is known by many Ds whether it's darkness, devastation, or depression. Now, what I wanna share with you today are are other Ds that can help you navigate if if you find yourself in this sort of education, if you will. The first one is drive. When it comes to drive, I encourage you to remember and be inspired by the past drive that you had. Create a new norm where you are and be hopeful for the future. Because when you stick to it, things will get better. And that leads me right to the next one, which is determination. When we find ourselves in those dark places, we have to be committed and determined to taking each step. That is what's truly important. We can't look left and right at how fast and how far others are going. It's it's, it's about our journey. It's about our education. You can't get ahead of one lesson. You have to enjoy, you have to go through each one. So commit to each step and be determined to do so. And it's funny, this last one, I changed it. I was inspired hearing so many powerful voices tonight that I, I changed it. So this last D is distraction. And, and, I, and I'll get to, to why. It is okay to not be okay. and It is okay to need help. It is in these times where we need a distraction because these dark times make us focus inward when we really should think about everybody else around us because that's what helped pull us out of that. We need the distraction. We need to focus on a higher source. We need to focus on our family members and our loved ones. And we need to be able to depend on those folks, health healthcare professionals and those around us. So drive, determination, and distraction are the three Ds, the three sources of education that I said we need to take on when we run into these dark times. A common thing that I noticed today is how important action is. And with that, I would like to leave you with one final thought. Our trauma is never our fault, yet. Our healing is always our responsibility. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Barry. Thank you,
1: Barry. Our trauma is never our fault, but our healing is our responsibility. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing today. Very powerful. Be determined. You know, we haven't really talked about medications, but a lot of times the solution for our practitioners that we see about depression may be medication. So I wanted to take you through a quick list. If you are prescribed a medication for depression, ask these questions first. How will the medication help me? And what side effects might occur? Should I avoid food or other drinks? And will they interact with other prescriptions? How often should you see the doctor for checkups? And is it a new drug and is it appropriate? Will the benefits help my current state? And then what are the drawbacks, right? Ask questions, always ask questions about your own health. So take that stance, just like Barry did, have a focus and be determined and take action. Our next panelist, hello, hello, and welcome, Beata Severin reed You are an in-demand change in transition coach, international speaker and change maker. Thank you so very much for taking time to join us this evening.
14: Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. And let me just start on my speech and i just want to say everyone who spoke before me what a beautiful stories what a beautiful teachings my story is a little bit different but so, but the same you know someone once said all it takes is a beautiful smile to hide an injured soul smiling was something i hid behind when life was presenting me with personal challenges smiling through the pain was my way to to respond to people asking me hey what's wrong with you you are young you are beautiful you are educated you have great job you are living in the big city the entire world is at your feet and that man That beautiful man that you spent 11 years with and you planned your your life with, you know? What about him? He left with another woman, but you will find another one. There is one for you. Come on, you will be fine. Now put yourself together and smile. And I smiled. I smiled through tears and I smiled through my feelings of rejection and insignificance. After a while, my smile numbed my feelings, my smile numbed my emotions that I had no clue what to do with. And that turned me into ongoing dual sadness. Sadness that turn me also in a victim mode for a very long time. You see, my story is not unusual. There are many people with an injured soul caused by a breakup, rejection, job loss, abuse, and neglect. What we all have in common though is depression. Yes. You don't have to be mentally ill to experience depression. I experienced it because of a breakup. Depression can show up in a very innocent way, in a form of a set thought that life is not fair to you, that you don't matter, that you are not loved. When you are in that story. You cannot control your thoughts. Your thoughts are controlling you. Understand that when you are depressed, you often see in a darkness, but there is a light. There is a light and your job is to ask for help. If I would not ask for help, I would not be here with you today. I reach out to counselor, I reach out to coach, and my coach introduced me to journaling. Journaling process helped me to deal with my emotions, emotions that very often we don't know what to do with. Now, I want to encourage you to reach out for help and to leave you with a quote that continues to help me whenever I feel down, whenever I feel low, and these depressive emotions and thoughts are back. I am bent, but no broken. I am scared, but not disfigured. I am sad, but not hopeless. I am tired, but not powerless. I am angry, but not bitter. I am depressed, but not giving up. My message to you today is you are worthy, you matter. Do not ever give up. Giving up is not an option for you. Thank you so very much. It was a pleasure to be here and speak to you.
0: Thank you, Beata.
14: Thank
1: you, Beata. Thank you so much. Never give up. We've just heard this again and again and again. Never give up. Get your journal. Never give up and reach out. And I want to remind you, the uh, American Anxiety and Depression Association of America, the website is adaa.org. There's lots of resources on this website that can help you through any questions that you have if you or your loved one is suffering with anxiety or depression. Our next panelist, Donna Campbell. Donna is known as the Mind Whisperer. She combines her past knowledge, wisdom, and experience to assist you in creating and restoring a life of happiness, prosperity, and love. Donna has over 25 years combined of professional experience. As a former financial advisor, her book Financially Fit is a number one Amazon international bestseller, bringing together the world of money and energy, body and soul, and the essence of that. She is a professional speaker, sharing her techniques during interactive workshops and maintains an international private practice. Donna has shared the stage with Lisa Nichols, Dr. Joe Vitale, Sharon Lecter, and David Meltzer her personal heart-centered healing philosophy is to create a world that is a better place for all to live you can find her at DonnaCampbell.com welcome
15: thank you and thank you for having me and putting this panel together it is truly truly amazing and listening to all of the other speakers wow What I would like to share with everybody first is just a little bit about my own story. Years ago, I had been living in a spiritual living community called an ashram, and I had a spiritual partner at that time. And there was some domestic abuse that happened. And when that relationship ended, what happened for me was I went into depression because the way I draw energy is from the outside world as an extrovert, regardless of what the environment is. So the energy that I was taking in was not a healthy energy because it was full of violence. And when that ended, I was by myself, not bringing in any energy from the outside world. And it created depression within me. And that was the first time that I ever experienced depression on that level. And then throughout time, what happened from there was I would have these little bouts coming. So I called it mild depression. And then later I would see my children and they were recreating some of the same patterns that I went through. And knowing that this could shift and knowing that this could change, all of these events led me to the career that I have today um, as a healer. And it was through a lot of self-study, a lot of faith, a lot of mind thoughts, a lot of changing beliefs and feelings that I was able to overcome that. But one of the things that I also did do was look at it from a physical point of view, because there is something physiological that goes on when there is depression. And one of the things that I learned was that there is an imbalance of serotonin in the body serotonin is a mood stabilizer, a mood enhancer. It's needed for you to process other chemicals like melatonin so you can sleep. And without having balanced serotonin within the body, it's really easy to slip back into those states of depression. So I'm going to share with you three tips that anybody can do to help overcome this, especially with the whole last year of our world and the environment that everybody went through, because we had a lot of change that was unexpected. And a lot of people were bringing in energy within their body that wasn't healthy for them. So they went into an imbalance and it changed physiologically inside of their body. So the first tip is to make sure that we are mindful about our electronics whether it's TV, the computer, our iPhone, video games, all of those things, because every time we use an electronic device, we get a little surge of serotonin. But over time, if that serotonin isn't replaced, then what happens is we become depleted in that. So overuse of the electronic devices will deplete you of serotonin. So just be mindful of that because this whole last year, our world went completely virtual. The second tip that I have for you is to make sure you get adequate sunlight, which means going outside. Now, if you're not able to go outside into the sunlight, then take vitamin D. It's a hormone that the body is needed, which will help stabilize the serotonin inside. And then the third tip that I have is make sure you eat the foods that are needed to produce the serotonin. Serotonin is mostly produced in the stomach and in the gut, and then it goes to the brain. So by digesting the proper foods, you can get adequate serotonin levels in that. And the serotonin-rich foods are rich in what is called tryptophan, which we all know with turkey at Thanksgiving time. And what that does is it produces the correct amino acid complex that's needed for the serotonin. And so foods that are rich in serotonin are eggs and cheese and pineapple, nuts and seeds and salmon. And those are just few of the foods that we can eat. When you do these things, you can start shifting your body on a physical level, which will change your emotional component and can help pull you out of those depressive states. And just here in closing, I'm going to share with you a mantra that I was given when I was writing and journaling one time that I've used to get me through all of my difficult times. And that is trust and you will see, believe and you will know, have faith that all is well, follow your heart and spirit will lead you. God will lead you. Creator will lead you always. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Donna. Thank you so much,
1: Donna. What practical applications. I love this, right? Everyone can do this. Whether whatever part of your journey you're on, you can eat right. You can get more sunlight, get more exercise, and just take notice for yourself. Uh, Thinking of, of everything that we can do, right? The application. So thank you so much for that challenge. Some organizations that you can reach out to. Advocacy and professional organizations can be a great source for information when looking for any kind of mental health providers for depression. They often have information uh, that you can get to easily on websites or have practitioners in your local areas. Some of these include Anxiety and Depression Association of America, Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, Mental Health America, and National Alliance on Mental Illness. So our next panelist comes to us and so glad that you're here tonight Stephanie Stephanie Epstein founder of Your Highest Heels Coaching integrative wellness coach mindset shifter and spiritual mentor welcome
16: Thank you so much for having me it's an honor to be here and to speak my story and speak my truth and just to hear everybody else speak everybody has been so inspiring and It's just a beautiful event. So thank you, Gigi. And thank you everybody who has contributed to this event. Um, So what I've been hearing tonight is that there's so many different approaches to do what works for you in terms of finding your healing around depression. And what that reminds me of is to not give up until I find what works for me. And my story began when I was 14 I just remember being in my room, looking out the window on this beautiful day, but it was bleak because I was, de- I was depressed. And I didn't know what was wrong with me and I didn't really know what to do. And um, I felt completely numb. And eventually I surrendered and I asked for help. And I went to go see professionals and I really needed a safe space for my feelings to be held. And then my voice to be heard, and the voices in my head to be heard, and where I could be seen, I needed that. I needed that comfort, that love, that community. And um, you know, I was put on medication, which was important for me. And then um, life went on, and and I was fourteen, or by the time I got a medication, I was about sixteen. And life went on, and um, you know, I do suffer from addiction and trauma. And so I went through, um, going through that was was very challenging. And I found my way and I got help and I sought out professionals, 12 step programs and um, found community, which I think community is so important. And then I also found my higher power, which is God. And I believe somebody talked about divine intervention. I believe that it was divine intervention for me and I was looking in all the wrong places and seeking for love and connection in all the wrong places. And I didn't feel like I was enough and I didn't feel like I did enough and I didn't feel like I had enough. And, you know, this is a real illness that is deserves to be treated, um, whatever that looks like for you. Again, I encourage whoever is listening right now, if you are suffering, you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. and. Um, Today, I just have nothing to be ashamed about. Like, it's, it's important that I bring depression to the light and to let my voice be heard because I do feel as though I am a survivor. And I do have days where they aren't such great days. And you know what, that's why I have my support system. That's why it begins by asking for help and finding that community and connection so I have a place to go when I'm having a bad day and you know it's really for me about feeling okay even when i'm feeling bad you know like having that love and support and seeking that higher power of mine to really comfort me and uh but you know again um i said i was on medication which i think is really important but my recovery goes much deeper than medication i do a lot of trauma work with different therapists and because i've done this healing work i'm now able to pass along Uh, My experience and what I've been through and the healing work that I've done and continue to do on a daily basis day in and day out um, to other people, because there's so many people who are struggling out there right now, um, and have been for a long time. And I silently suffered and I don't want anyone to have to suffer anymore. Um, There are so many people out there to help so many different avenues of help again. And we are human, we don't have to be perfect. I know I don't have to be perfect. And I just strive to feel better and heal, but I don't have to beat myself up if I'm having a day where I'm just not feeling you know, joyous and happy and and vivacious because I'm not gonna have, every day is not gonna be like that. But I don't feel like I wanna die. And you know what, that's a miracle that I don't want to die today. I wanna live and I will do anything, anything to better myself and continue my healing work so that I can pass this on because I really believe I was put on this earth to pass on the message that I've been given and the healing that I've been given from these professionals, whether it's therapists, coaches, um, doctors, spiritual healers, 12 step programs, whatever your avenue is. And, And I do holistic stuff as well it's also important. So all I have to say is just find what works for you, continue to ask for help and don't be afraid and you're not alone. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to speak here tonight. And it's wonderful to meet all of you amazing, amazing people and survivors. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Stephanie. My goodness, that was wonderful. Remember that you can survive this. It's just finding the right person. You may not have the right person. So if you're feeling like you're frustrated and still can't connect and can't find that joy, that's what you need to do is find that right person. There is um, another piece of this. Uh, There's an article from the Mental Health Association. And this says, once you find a potential provider, it can be helpful to prepare a list of questions. So you want to make sure that this person is a good fit for you, just like Stephanie described. Some of these examples, here's a few. You can ask, what experience do you have treating someone with my issue? How do you usually treat someone with my issue? What do those steps look like? How long do you expect the treatment to last? And then, of course, do they accept insurance and what are the fees? but understanding up front the expectations and what that will look like as far as time frames are really important for you to start committing to a process and there is help so our next panelist I would like to welcome tonight Dr. Kimberly Leonard she is a behavioral uh, op, optum, <laughs> optometrist That's how I'm going to say this right here, (laughs) who has helped thousands of people over the last two decades with their vision and goals. Dr. Leonard has mastered the process of helping people to attain super health and real happiness in all areas of their life. After practicing Dr. Leonard's techniques, people perform at their highest potential while enjoying their extraordinary journey. She's the author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life and the host of Incredible Life Creator Podcast. Welcome, Dr. Leonard. Thank you for joining us tonight.
17: Thank you so much. Thank you, Gigi, for inviting me and for all the beautiful souls that have spoken already and who will speak tonight. And um, I'm with Beata when we're talking about that smile. You know, I have a podcast. I get on. I put my show face on. Yeah. Here I am, I'm smiling, I'm happy. Have you ever seen someone who's happy and then the next day you find out they're in the hospital because they're depressed or they're not alive anymore? And you think, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. And the higher in so, so-called status you are, like politicians or even people uh, who have to have that show face, they're so afraid to show that there's something wrong and those are the people that don't really get the help and what I found is that when people feel depressed or sad one of the main reasons for that is they have lost their ability to reach they've lost their ability to reach out and take what they need what they want and that has to do with choice so when you feel like you don't have any choices you kind of lose your ability to reach. Think of a, a baby elephant. They strap him to the this, this stake when he's little and he can't move, he can't go anywhere. So he thinks he can't do anything. And then as a big elephant, they put him with a small little rope and a small little stake and he feels that thing around his ankle and he doesn't think he can actually get away because he doesn't know that he has choices. So I think the first thing to do, um, and I'm an optometrist, that's the word you were trying to say. (laughs) So um, I'm a behavioral optometrist. So I look at the whole person and vision and how we're using our vision in the world. And one of the things I see is that people's visual fields are so small that they're only staring at one small little part. So if the part they're looking at is sad or unhappy, they feel unhappy. And if the part they're looking at feels um you know good then they feel good but they're kind of bouncing from happy to sad to happy to sad because they can't see the whole picture so one of the things you want to do whenever you're feeling um sad or going into that depression is to ask yourself what choices do i have a lot of times there's a lot more choices than you think so that sadness comes when we think we don't have choice and we don't feel like we have the ability to reach out and get what we want Um, The other thing that I noticed is that when you're not in alignment with yourself, then you also can get depressed. And I can tell you from a personal experience that's just been happening in the last few months with me, and I finally resolved it. Um, I was working for a company where um, they were bought by another company And I wasn't in alignment with the way they were doing patient care. I wasn't in alignment with the way they were doing things, but I kept trying to stick it out, make it work, but it wasn't working because it was out of alignment with who I am. And I was feeling really sad. And then a few days ago, I gave my notice. I said, I'm not going to work there anymore. I didn't even, I don't even know where I'm going to go work. I said to myself, I can't tolerate this anymore. And that's another thing. How, what things are you tolerating that's making you sad, that's not in alignment with who you are? So even when you're scared, make that choice to change Change what you're doing. And as soon as I gave my notice, oh my goodness, my happy came back because I was back to who I am. So the other thing I just wanted to say um, Really encourage people if you feel like you're going in that sad place, even when you're putting your happy face on, even when everything's looking okay, reach out to someone. And you know, Gigi has brought together all these people and you see you you see the panel, you see their names. If you're going into a sad time. Reach out to any of us. We're really so happy to talk to you. And you know, we have our own lives, like we're at work or whatever. So, listen, you reach out to somebody and they don't respond. Well, reach out to someone else. I mean, one time I um, had a situation where my uh, middle daughter started having seizures, and I was at home with my younger daughter, who was about nine years old. And this was during the day when no one was at, you know, most people are at work. And I said to my daughter, I want you to knock on every neighbor door until you find an adult who can help me take her into the car. And that's what I want you to do. If you're feeling sad, I want you to take that um, initiative just to just contact everyone until you find someone who listens, someone who can help you. Don't go it alone. There's always someone there. And, And if nothing else, you know, other people have mentioned this, I couldn't live my life without my faith, without my faith in God and knowing that I am taken care of. So um, I also encourage you when life is too hard and it is really hard in a body, always go back to your faith because with your faith, anything is possible. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you, Dr. Leonard.
1: Thank you so much. Right. It's so true. We've got to find that, that right fit. We've got to find the right people for us. And if we're struggling, sometimes they're right in front of us. So we need to just reach out. Again, it talks about treatment, right? If you are going through treatment right now and you and you want to switch or you think you've been inspired to learn something new here tonight on this panel, remember, continue your same treatment and then find a right provider that maybe makes more sense to you. And reaching out to one of these panelists is a great opportunity for you to learn about more people's journey with depression and survivorship. I'd like to introduce our next panelist, Emma Stoll. Emma is a wife, mother of 3 and a former teacher who lives in Pleasant Point, New Zealand. Since early childhood she dreamed of writing stories that would capture readers' hearts, but life got in the way. Surprise, right? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Dealing with yep. abuse, PTSD mm-hmm. and drug addiction, she turned down her scholarship. But soon after she dealt with the addiction and got clean to become a teacher and then a mother, and after she had her 3 children, she realized that she still had a dream and experience that she could draw from on and write an amazing story. She specializes in breaking contemporary romance boundaries, combining mental health, poetry, and romance. Her hashtag bad girl trilogy (laughs) novel, beautifully broken. It's the first good girl, bad girl trilogy. And based on experiences with abuse, PTSD, and drug addiction, And it's all about becoming yourself and staying beautifully broken. Welcome, Emma.
18: Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm at a book signing today, so that's why I'm outside here speaking. Um, So my experience with depression has been a long one. Um, I came from um, abuse and had abuse from very, very young. Uh, very, very young age, and I remember it always making me scared, and uh, scared to speak out, scared at kindy, then I was bullied at kindy, um, and the depression first started when I was a teenager. Um, it's very important to, I think, keep lines of communication open with teenagers, because no one picked up that I had depression and it's our oh, moody teenager oh, teenagers um, yell and scream and cry and lock themselves in their room all the time um, <laughs> but it got to the point where it was beyond what was normal and my parents ended up kicking me out uh, around about 16 um, and I mentioned last time on the suicide uh, talking about suicide and I had a lot, maybe three or four years where I just kept attempting it. I wasn't doing anything apart from sitting depressed on drugs and that kind of thing. Um, And I was on the floor praying after I lost my baby and prayed for my life. I said, I just can't do this anymore. I won't survive if I keep living this life. And within three weeks, I'd gone to college, met my now husband, I got accepted to college, uh, met my now husband and moved flat. Um, and then the depression has come back two or three times over my life. And each time I think it's important to um, realize that it's not always so easy. So the first time it was easy because I just decided no more. The second time I decided I was going to heal, but this time it wasn't so easy. I had to continually focus on the positive. Every day I had to get up and keep saying the positive and reaffirming that to myself all the time and and realizing as well, nature and faith and um, connecting with people, how important all those things really are and disconnecting from toxic people as well, um, especially people that don't understand um, it can be very upsetting when you're feeling very depressed and someone will say, just get happy or just go for a walk or, or um, just talk to someone and you're in the middle of um, being really, really low. But just take it a day at a time and know that healing is available Then in- You need to keep realizing that it's available all the time because three times I've pulled myself out of it. And each time when I was there, I didn't believe it was possible. I would tell myself it's not possible to heal from hurting this badly. And I can tell you today, it definitely, definitely is possible.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Emma.
1: Thank you, Emma. How encouraging. At all stages of your life, there is hope for the next Mm. phase, the next transition. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing today. If you need to reach out to someone right now, you can call the National Institute of Mental Health for resources. That phone number is 1-866-615-6464. Our next panelist is Kaya Wolf. She's an author of the upcoming novel, Serenity, The Blood Moon Prince. She's a warrior and advocate of mental health. While seeing the rise in in mental illness, she has taken a stand in her writing and voice to help people know that there is hope while in the darkness. It is her mission to help raise the stigma around mental illness and strengthen those who battle it every day to let everyone know they can stand tall, stand strong, and live. Welcome to the panel, Kaya. Thank you for joining us today.
19: Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to be here today. My battle with depression started when I was a teenager. And my parents tried to get me help. They didn't know what to do. And when I denied having a problem, didn't see I had one, they let it go. What changes in my life would there have been if there had been more information when I was a teenager? Years later, I almost ended it at all. I didn't know what to do. I was in such a dark place. That's all I saw was my pain. It was then I realized I had a problem. I didn't know what it was called or what it was, but I sought help. Sitting in that doctor's office for the first time to get help, my dad turned to me when he heard about my near-death experience. He told me about his sister, who had taken her life years before I was born and how it affected his family at that time. It hit me so hard that if I had lost my battle with depression, like my aunt, I would have left behind a river of pain. In the last few years, I've learned more about myself and my mental illness than I ever thought possible. As it was introduced, I am an author. And a couple of years ago, I took a writing course to improve my writing, being introduced and um, shared this experience from a dear friend of mine. Little did I know that that course would change my life. Not only did it improve my writing, but it helped me see a different part of me, helped me dive deeper into myself and into my mental illnesses in a way that I didn't know could happen. It made me a better mother to my sons. My oldest being autistic, I worry about his mental health as mental illness runs in my family. I am his advocate, I'm his support. I don't want him suffering because I failed to see the signs. That writing course did change my life. I dove deeper into myself and found my purpose. It taught me how to see reality in a sea of fiction. I've learned recently while watching a documentary that during hurricanes, Fishermen secure their point, their boats with multiple lines. Not only is this to keep them from slipping away during the high winds and the rough seas, it keeps them from de- destroying the boats and the runs around them. These anchor points are important. And what I've discovered in my life are my anchor points. The points that keep me here, keep me from slipping away into that rough sea of depression. My children are my anchors, though they bring their challenges like all children do. They hold me here and are part of my purpose. They've made, they've made me a stronger mother, stronger warrior against my depression. My depression does not define me and it shouldn't define any of us. We need to find the truth that's in darkness, to find our anchors and hold fast. My depression has given me a greater purpose through my words, my purpose to talk about it and to spread awareness that we can all weather the storm in the sea of depression and come out to blue skies, that we can all stand tall, stand strong and most importantly to live. Thank you very much. Thank you, Taya.
1: Kaya, congratulations for finding your voice in your journey. So proud of you. That's so. Thank you. Try something new. If you're depressed, try something new that can inspire you to connect to your purpose. So inspiring. An estimated 3.2 million adolescents aged 12 to 17 in the United States had at least one major depressive episode. The number represented 13.3 percent of the U.S. population age 12 to 17. The prevalence of major depressive episodes was higher among adolescent females, 20% to males at 6.8. It's happening at all ages and all stages. So like what we've heard over and over again, if you are finding someone in your life that needs help, reach out and try to get those resources for them. Our next panelist, Welcome, Joe Nicasio. Thank you for joining us today, author, speaker, and marketing coach. We're glad to have you here.
20: Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm honored uh, to address a topic that's so uh, sensitive. And, you know, um, I've been through depression. You know, I'm a smart guy, I made a million dollars, and I lost everything. Uh, It it was messy, it was humiliating. And, uh, and, you know, going back, nobody really wants to be depressed. We want to be delighted. Um, but it's not easy in the middle of your funk. And, you know, if you are having a meltdown, I just want you to know you, everybody's entitled to at least one in your life. So don't beat yourself up over that. I, I think there's three causes of depression. Uh, and I kind of organized it by um, before the meltdown, during the meltdown and afterwards. So, you know, I think before the meltdown, I think the biggest reason we go into depression is we get overwhelmed. We got so much on our plate. Uh, and I'm going to talk about how to fix these in a minute. The, the next one is uh, I heard a great definition of uh depression is anger turned inward. You know, we cut ourselves up with like knives with our own words. And then the third thing I think that's a real problem, you know, afterwards is we feel isolated and alone. So, how do we fix all this? Um, you know, beforehand, what's the cause of depression? Um, I think there are three things that if we, you know, if we simplify number one, uh, we leave these complex lives where we put all these expectations. And one of the lessons I learned during the middle of my depression is, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I can't do all this. There's this mania associated with it and expect nothing. Like there's two ways to get everything you want in life. One is to work your ass off and you know, and, and go in, into battle. And the other is to like just lower your expectation where I expect nothing and simplify. So simplicity, sleep and spirit, that's the three things I wrote down. The second one is sleep. You know, we have this, you know, with depression is manic, manic depression, okay? And we need to honor our sleep cycles. There was a great book I read called Wide Awake at 3 AM by Choice or by Chance. And it was the guy that started the Stanford Sleep Disorder Clinic. and He basically said you know before the history of the light bulb there was no record of of sleep disorders and so if we can reset where we get eight hours of sleep and wake up and have a productive day you know and with all of our electronic devices we're faking out our brains and really messing it up and spirit i think that when we tune back into spirit we tune into god you know we realize that you know god loves us and and he doesn't he wants us to be happy the gospel is a plan of happiness And depression isn't part of that. And so we need to turn over those things that we're going through. So those are three things to to handle the overwhelm, the before. Um, The second thing is we have this anger turned inward. You know, um, uh, this really, you know, we have these expectations of ourselves, and then we start beating ourselves up with our language. And so my recommendation on this is be the ideal loving parent to yourself that you never had. Talk sweet to yourself in a world. I mean, the world's a mean place. So don't, you don't need to add on to it by being mean to yourself. You know, a great practice is something called the no open-o, openo, which is just really some mantras about, you know, uh, please forgive me, forgive me. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, thank you, I love you. And and start attaching, um, y- you know, some forgiveness and love and gratitude to what you're doing. And, and also, like, let's not have anger turned inwards. Let's have a little bit of laughter. You know, lighten up, love yourself. And then the third area, I think this, you know, we get isolated and alone and we think nobody understands what I'm going through. So, number one, you know, talk to some friends, have friends in your life. Like, and, but, the big challenge there is our friends don't necessarily understand what we're going through. And if we have that dark cloud over our head, you know, nobody really wants to be around somebody that's got too much of a dark cloud. The second thing is get some therapy. There are free resources available. You know, when I had my meltdown, I walked in one of the hardest days of my life was walking into the, uh, the Los Angeles Department of Mental Health saying I'm losing it. I'm having all these dreams of suicide. I mean, but they said, you know, Joe, the county will pay for medical treatment for depression because the, 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 the government has a vested interest in pe- people being mentally sound on the streets. So there is free help available. And the third thing is, is find a mentor. You know, friends will help you during uh, beforehand. Therapy will help you, you know, through the dark clouds. But if you really wanna elevate and move from depression to delight, you know, and take yourself beyond the depression and start living big again, uh, you know, find a mentor. I was blessed to have a guy named Jay Abraham. And, and you know, I became a mentor, I'm a business mentor. And, and you know, I, there's a couple little sayings. One is uh, every master was once a disaster. So like someday you're gonna learn, the second one is that, you know, you're gonna learn to turn your mess into your message. So I went through everything and I needed a mentor. I found a mentor. And, and I've become a mentor myself, and uh, uh, my failure turned in, you know, the stuff I learned in the middle of that failure with a mentor, you know, I never wanted to fail again, so I went on an obsessive compulsive quest for the truth of what really, really works, and when you seek the truth long enough, you'll start finding the truth, and then you can start living in the truth, and there's a lot of happiness in the truth, And and today, I stand for, you know, uh, business success so others don't have to fail like I did. So I failed, but now I'm a stand to help people not fail like I did. So you can you can turn your mess into your message. And so I think if we wanna shift from depression to delight, if we wanna move from the dark clouds of depression, we, we're gonna to need to do that by becoming a, a beacon of love, be, by becoming a beacon of light. And um, um, I think one final piece is, you know count your blessings. You know, it's really easy to say, I don't have money, I'm broke, wah, 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 okay? But when you start sitting down and say, what is good in your life? What are you grateful for? Um, When people start asking you, you know, how are you doing today? You can say, you know what? I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I am too blessed to be stressed. That's my message. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. What a great reminder. to bless to be stressed. Find a message out of your mess that is so great. We all have one, right? We all have a unique journey, and we really need to find out what that message is. So this statistic was interesting. Although depression occurs twice as frequently in women as it does in men, fewer men, 51%, than women. 66% with depression seek treatment. Men are often experiencing depression differently than women, obviously for common reasons in our cultures, but I thought those were interesting statistics that we need to be aware of because as Joe said, sometimes we're going through different things and uh, we need to just be aware of everyone in our life. So our next panelist, Ann Greco, welcome Anne. You are a very, very busy person. You help busy professionals who want freedom from stress that leads to chronic anxiety and burnout. I think we all need to sign up with you. (laughs) Her background is mental health counseling. She now coaches people, giving them practical strategies on how to manage their concerns so they can thrive at work and lead a life that they love. She's been working with people along the whole spectrum of mental health concerns from nervousness and stress to diagnose mental illnesses for over 18 years. She's helped thousands of patients and clients find a way to stand in their power no matter what. At the core of her passion, stand for all people to live powerfully. She wants to reduce the staggering statistics associated with workplace burnout and chronic, chronic mental health conditions. So welcome, Anne.
21: Oh, thank you so much for having me today. It's my pleasure to be here. As the person who so many people have referred to this evening, I am the therapist, I am the coach, I am the help. And essentially what that means, uh, people come in my office all the time and they are asking me, what is this depression about? And if I were to sum it up in two words, I would say it is your truth. And what I mean by that is that when you initiate the process of treatment for depression, you are going to find a supporting, supportive and safe place to look deep within and find your truth. And that activates something within you that will have you begin to share your truth. And as you begin to share it, it becomes bigger than you, bigger than life itself. It spreads in a positive way and it makes a difference for you and everyone around you and the entire world that we live in. And I will tell you at the beginning though, sometimes your truth doesn't sound good. It sounds bad. Sometimes it feels bad. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to talk about those things that challenge you and don't feel bad. And I'm here to nurture you through the process because just because it feels bad doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And sometimes what starts out feeling bad can turn out to be really, really good as you explore it and get to the other side. Now I brought a couple of practical tips as uh, was said in the introduction. And so the first thing that's practical and tangible that I'm going to say that's a little bit different is I'm going to tell you that if you're feeling depressed or even if you're not, pick up the phone. Why I want you to pick up the phone is because it activates a behavior. And whenever you're feeling depressed, behavior activation is actually something that is known to decrease depression and improve mood. It increases your levels of pleasure and your levels of achievement. And you're like, who do I call? Well, you call your clients, you call your family, you call your friends and you reach out and you talk and you connect meaningfully and it is a totally safe and organic remedy to wellness. The next part of that, that I'm gonna tell you also is then after you've picked it up, know when to put it down. And what I mean by that is when you have had hours and hours on the Zoom, on the technology, it's time to put it down, go for a walk, take a drink of water, put your feet up and pet the dog, hug your children. This is very valuable. The other part is and for some people who you know you are social media, you're looking on there and you see somebody posting something that you think is about you, but it may or may not be about you because they never said a name time to put the phone down. Same thing with the uh, being on there and you are noticing that somebody is liking something that somebody says just because they like that does not mean that they didn't like what you had to say. And it certainly doesn't mean that they are having any covert alliance or allegiance to another person. That's when it's time to put down the phone and relax, enjoy your life and be happy. Uh, and if anyone would like to connect, I would love to connect with everyone here and talk with you, answer questions, find out what's going on with you and let you know that help, help is out there and available. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Ann.
1: Thank you so much. Anne. you're right. Pick up the phone, but put down the phone, pick up the phone, but put down the phone. (laughs) It's so true, right? The things that we tell ourselves, thank you very much for those action steps. Now, no one chooses to be depressed and it is not caused by laziness, weakness, or simply feeling sad. It's a complex medical condition. The exact cause is unknown, but most likely it's a combination of several factors can be genetic, biological, environmentally, or psychological. You can't control your loved one's recovery, right? You can't control someone else's recovery, but you can support them along the way. So just remember that. It's so important. Our next panelist, Miji Shaparo Traverso, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're a public figure, international speaker, creative consultant, TV and podcast host and we welcome you tonight to the panel. You're on mute.
22: Okay,
23: thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Gigi and thank you everyone. And I'm so inspired by uh, the courage displayed by every speaker, so thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, My depression became my lifestyle and uh, it it was a product of uh, being different, being not fitting the mold, just thinking different, acting different, and just trying to just uh, achieve something that I think I didn't, I I learned to believe it was at that time that I couldn't achieve or I didn't deserve. So after that, obviously, um, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, amplified by physical, sexual, verbal abuse, neglect. And uh, so I, I grew up to, to really hate myself. And I ended up in a uh, military uh, environment uh, uh, with a spouse who had uh, uh, PTSD, a uh, great guy, but, you know, just going through some things uh, that ended up in divorce and that transient lifestyle I had not being able to follow my dreams and those things that I had put aside when I was little, was really led to uh, a a lot of pain and and damage to my children. Uh, Although they're all very successful and wonderful and, and exceptional, I could see what that impact had made. So I just wanted to do something, to do something to number one, provide people with an opportunity to rise, uh, be the voice for those who decided to put their lives on hold so that they could care for their spouses, for their children, or do something that was really worth, and I would never uh, take that back, but also to be able to finally step on, onto uh, the greatness that, that I believe that we're all born with i believe we're all born in greatness with greatness and for greatness but i didn't know that and it wasn't until we came, i became an adult that i knew that so what i did about it um i felt responsible to take action so i develop an alternate modality uh you know that uh helps address uh, stress and anxiety i am launching the book that uh, talks about uh, you know what i believe. Uh, that we have, we have something within ourselves, which is our soul. And by entrepreneuring our soul, which is uh title of my book, we will be able to find that as a solution to address ghostly biases. That's what I call our biases, our limiting beliefs that become phantom biases and really cap our potentials, our, you know, uh, our performance, our productivity, our, our ability to just be who we are. And uh, I developed a movement a motiva inspira movement that is designed to motivate inspire elevate and empower others so that they can really step onto that greatness uh, create a community to offset uh, I you know the isolation the depression the loneliness that I really used as a coping mechanism amongst other things and so what I found out was that the first thing that we all need to do, we really, really need to educate ourselves because depression, uh, you know, per- pervasive, prolonged anxiety, stress, and anxiety can lead to trauma, which is your inability to make sense of something. And when you can't make it some, it, you know, it, it activates your, your reptilian brain. And when you can't make a sense of something, what do you do? You fight, you're, you flight, you run, or you freeze. Well, I done it all. But what I did the most was I got to a point where I paralyzed so much uh, that I, I just let, that life passed me by, and uh, and it wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy for me or for my children. But I decided to use that voice. So I want to leave you with just a few things that I believe you can do. And uh, a lot of this is based on a lot of research and a lot of incredible people that have uh, done a lot of studies uh, that that I follow. And and that you know educating yourself. Number one, be in control of your uh, circuits, your, in, in your brain, right? And learning about those things is really, really important. People talked about the serotonin, people talked about do- dopamine and all those things, right? So we're not going to get very technical, but um, learn about your brain and your body and your mind and your heart and how you function. Learn about how you are supposed to function in this world because that's a solution. Then wake up, wake up and amplify that dopamine, that you know those 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 chemicals, right? Uh, so engage in 10-15 minutes of kicking out that energy and getting to you know to master the way that that you share that energy because otherwise you can share it in toxic ways and we've all done that uh then you know pick up a target targeted goal and just say i'm going to do this engage that you know that dopamine system right and and be focused just pick up a targeted goal and move towards it because moving into it and anticipating something really you know activates those circuits in your brain and it just gets that energy when you anticipate something it's just like oh my god you have something to look forward to Uh, master that focus right master the focus and kick away those distractions my goodness we have a million of those and we're all guilty of not and you're just giving in to whatever so so just just take that opportunity to just create some sort of um balance right by 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 kicking away the distraction and you know that that engages your. Uh, some of your circuits, you know, the focus, a goal-directed behavior, your energy, and your agitation, and I get really passionate, and I move when I, when I speak, it's just, it's just really who I am, which it led me to a lot of self-loathing, and all those kind of things when I was a kid, but, you know, and at the end of the day, just enjoy what you have, enjoy what you've done, enjoy what you were able to accomplish, and just, you know, just really go back into knowing that you truly are great. And uh, once again, because we are all born in greatness, with greatness and for greatness, and I wish you so much help. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Miji. Thank you, Miji. Wonderful. You know, you brought up distraction and Barry Ball talked about distraction as one of his D's. So it's really important that we figure out a way to just get distracted from this feeling, this emotional connection uh, and being the voice for those who decided to put their life on hold. I love that you said that uh, because that's sometimes it gives us energy, you know, to think about a new path and purpose. Thank you very much for sharing tonight. You know, for major depressive disorder, there are many treatment options available. Everyone is different, and an option that works for some people may not work for others. So it's important that you talk to your healthcare professional and find one that could be right for you. Our next panelist, Manny Blue, welcome, welcome. You're an entrepreneur and philanthropist. Originally from Brooklyn, New York, you previously entertained your audiences on stage as a performer and a recording artist but you had blue spiked hair then and dance moves (laughs) you still have those but you traded those in for your suit and your laptop you currently reside in the sunshine state and you find yourself encouraging and motivating your audiences to chase their dreams but also change their relationship with money and become financial literate thank you so much for joining us tonight
24: Thank you guys for having me and inviting me. Uh, This is such such a great event, such a great movement. And you know, with my experience, you know, I've realized that there are several different things that can lead for someone to fall into a depression. Right? There's different different stages of depression. And when it comes depression to depression, you know, most people have an idea of what it is, but most don't really understand until they experience it themselves. And, and I speak on behalf of my personal experience, right? And I, I quickly realized that people dealing with the depression do not always want to talk to someone. And for me, it was a sense of being judged, a sense of misunderstanding, a sense of putting burden, on, my burden onto a family member or a friend. And Later on, I realized that obviously, you know, talking to someone—it's always the best idea, right? Especially seeking maybe professional help. But um, it is easy to fake a smile. It is easy to act as if everything is okay, as as if everything is rainbows and butterflies. So it, it it that's when I really realized that you know, not everyone depression affects people in different ways, right? People react to it differently. But to anyone listening that is who who may have an, a family member or friend that may be dealing with or assume they they're dealing with type of depression, what I want to say to you is, do not leave them alone, make yourself accessible. don't hover around them all the time, but let them know that you're there you know be 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 around with their know that if they need you, they can reach out to you right in this came to me when I was dealing with my depression, right? So what happened, what happened in my, in my situation was, uh, what led me to fall into that depression was I hit a brick wall in my life and everything was just going the opposite. It was, it was just, it was just, it wasn't working out. And on top of that, the finances were not in good order. And as a father, as a husband, as a provider, I, I felt like I had all these, you know, I was, I was supposed to know it, or I was supposed to have all the right answers. I was supposed to have you know, the answers, and I had pressure on, I was putting pressure on myself, and, and, and you know, it's, I guess it's just normal, it's, you know, for for some of us, and to think that way, but the truth is, you don't, you don't have to know it all, you don't have to have all the answers, it's okay to feel vulnerable, but when I wanted to be alone, when, when I had, this, you know, this fog in my head, and, and everything was just, you know, I was for, thinking of, you know, taking my life, and and, and ending it all, My kids will always be around. You cannot tell a a young kid to go away when you want to. They don't listen. And I realized, wait a minute. Maybe I should start forcing myself to be around people that I love, even when I don't want to. And and again, you know, I I didn't want to talk to anybody. My shoulder was my relationship with God. I prayed every day. I had conversations with God every day. And that. That's whom I was able to let my load off onto, right? Because he knew deep down inside, I didn't want to take my life. He knew I didn't want to feel that way. So I, I had to take a step back and analyze, right? Accept, accept that what I was feeling, accept what I was going through, right? So the, the, key, the first key for me was acceptance. Then take a step back and analyze. How, I, how did I get here? What led me to this situation? Then finding the solution, right? In, 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 the, in the sense of finances, I needed to make myself more financial literate so that I can better my finances. And then realize that I am in control, that my current situation does not have to be my final destination. And it took some time to be able to reach to that point but then reaching out, talking to other people, it, it, you know, I, I started to put the, the puzzle together. So I, I want to tell anyone that's listening that may be going through or experiencing something, like, something similar or going through some type of level of depression, that it's okay to feel defeated. It's okay to feel not okay. It's okay to feel as, to, as if the world is, is, is crumbling down on you because it's not the end. And especially to any male listening, who's been told that seeking for help or asking for help is a sign of weakness. That is the dumbest advice given to me. And I want you to know that it's okay to be a man, feel defeated and seek for help. It's okay, it's normal. It's just, you are being human, you are human. So I I want to leave you with this. Your situation is going to lead for you to do bigger things. See, the storm that I went through opened up this path for me to be in in, in this mission that I'm in today, a much bigger purpose. So I want you to know that this is not your final destination. And although you can't see it yet, you are going to do amazing things, that there is greatness within you, and that you matter, you are loved, and you are needed. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Manny.
1: Thank you, Manny. Your purpose, right, it goes right back to it. At every stage, you have a purpose. So thank you for sharing yours, and thank you for pouring into us tonight. So great to see you. The pandemic fueled mental health decline in America. At last year, the survey in December of 2020 was 42% of the people surveyed said they had symptoms of depression and anxiety compared to 2019 that statistic was 11%. So 31% greater statistical for people that are now experiencing this. Now it's 2021. So we can just imagine, right? So we need help. We need resources. And this is a great way to reach out to the people on this panel and post panel to the Facebook group to get the resources that you need. Our next panelist, I am so excited to welcome Olga Brooks. She is the quantum energy healer She has an international best-selling author and co-authoring books. She's one of the leaders of the global movement, Women of Contribution, inspiring women all over the world with her life story and the wisdom to heal, to be whole.
8: Welcome, Olga. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gigi, for inviting me over here. I actually never thought that I would be speaking on that, um, but I'm really, really eager to share my own experiences and also all the research that I had done going through it. <clears throat> I was very excited to listen to all of the speakers and um, my contribution would be this. Um, I, as I look at depression as created from the outside, created from the inside and self-inflicted. And I went through all of them. The creator from the inside, as we know, it's when you have a chemical imbalance. Uh, At the age of 27, I had a stroke and I had to be on antidepressant medication after that just because the way um, the brain functions functions after the um, the stroke, there's a chemical reaction happens and I had to be on the medication. So that was my first time experiencing taking minute an antidepressants medication. So I was uh, on it for a year and I did feel I was a little bit zombied out. I wasn't really interested in um, intimacy uh, at the time with my boyfriend. I wasn't interested much in things, but I was okay. And I trusted the doctors. Um, so the, the other one, um, the, the other time I had actually depression is after I had my second child. I had a postpartum. And I was again on the antidepressants. But to be really opened, that was created actually from the outside. My, my, my child was already nine months old. I was okay with my first child. But the years of uh, raising my first child, not sleeping through the night for at that time point was like four years, um, having a second child after the first one and um, having my own um, difficulties with uh, um, hormone hormones and imbalances because um, I wasn't able to do anything with my hormones because the stroke that I had was related to the um birth control pills. So any imbalance that is in me, doctors just did not want to go there, touch it, heal it, do anything with my hormones. So I was there on my own, uh, dealing with everything. So, um, but the outside, um, depression that I experienced was when you are not aligned with self. And when you feel the judgment coming from the outside, the judgment of your significant other. And when I've been with that situation, not being supported for many, many years, I just hit the wall. I end up in a very, very dark place and I didn't know what to do. Um, <clears throat> so, that I actually was after my child was nine months old, uh, I took. Again, antidepressants, and then I just felt something was wrong, and I just I was just like a robot going through the the routines and everything with the children with both of them now. So uh, my father was um, dying from uh, cancer. When I came back from the funeral, I actually decided to stop taking medication, and what happened when I when I stopped <clears throat> gradually taking it. I again feel, felt life, alive. I felt love for my kids that I did not experience when I was taking it. So I felt, on some level, guilty for not being them for them in a way that you would feel it with your heart. I was just going through the motions of being a mother, doing this, that, that putting kids to sleep, taking them to places. Um, so from that point on, I wasn't taking medication at all um, till this day. But what I had learned was when we have an outside influences in us, while we are not aligned with self, when we are not strong enough enough within ourselves, um, when our inner energies are not aligned and we're bringing on other people's negativity and energies, it hits hits us that we get lost and don't even know how to function after that. So that's self-inflicted ones I I would describe is when we believe in that outside world and we're bringing it on and we are moving it through our mind, and we're living with that, we're believing in it, so what I had done, I I went through difficulties with the divorce, with, uh, after the divorce, I had a very, very emotional breakup uh, with a boyfriend I had for two and a half years, it almost killed me, I did not want to live anymore. I didn't want to try anything any longer. I didn't want to start from the beginning. I was done. I was exhausted from everything. And the difficult part that I find with myself, and maybe some people can relate, when to go to the psychologist or to go to look for help. Smart people very often don't want to do that because they know already what they're gonna get. They're gonna tell. T- they're gonna have a person who would say what to do, and we already know that. We already know that, but we're looking for something else. We're looking for something different. Um, I had f- supportive friends. I had my mom. I had people who would say, "Well, well, you have to." But what we but how about your your children? I couldn't hear them. I could not hear them. So my recommendation to people who are, um, who, first of all, you do need to, to have that support, but I would recommend you to have not good friends. I recommend you to have amazing, amazing people around you. And I also would encourage you to be that amazing person not just the good person, not just the person, but the one who can really shake it out of you, who would show you the light, who would tell you and lift you up with their own energetic being that, and that's how I create magic now in my life with my clients. It's just the energy that is within you. It moves and other person who merges within your energy and it lifts you up it it really shifts your energetic being i had um i had reconnected with god on a very very deeper level um <clears throat> being a um, christian believer from very very young age going through divorce i had experienced some things that i i I I was alone and I couldn't find the God. And then when I reconnected with God, I experienced an amazement of all of us, not just God, but us. And that is driving force now for me, I'm sorry, the force that is actually shows within me who we are, how strong we are, are, how wonderfully made we are, um, that we are already created beautiful and perfect from the beginning and then somewhere in our lives, we get lost and we turn into these imperfect human beings. We are already so beautifully imperfect. So I just want everybody to remember that. But the practical advice, and I loved uh, Donna talking about food and everything. It's so important to have that balance within you, that chemical balance. Um, <clears throat> but I would also, um, this is what happens with me when I go into still episodes of depression and I would really, really would like to talk about it. And I'm so happy you actually gave that statistics why men, men have um lower um rate of it um i had very very awful pms and i still have that but what i discovered through all the research and everything people who have adhd women who have adhd they tend to have the pms and just because our estrogen drops right before our period and that messes up with all the receptors and all the chemical imbalance so when you know that we when you have right support next to you who does who don't judge you for being emotional for being down um, support yourself with the foods with supplements vitamins these walking in, the, in, the, um, in the nature in nature. Uh, And what I do right now when I like we had winter and I wasn't able to walk much, I actually would go and watch uh, some shows and I would recommend some that would bring really, you know, really good energies and you don't have to hide you don't have to you just can be out there and just sit and watch and, and get those uplifting energies I love the outlander and I love good Witch. <laughs> the good Witch. they're really like really good energy shows so um and of course connect connect with me um, the clearing of the energies is so important I'm in the process of writing a book with a friend co-writing a book called when heaven meets the earth It is the physical and the spiritual and how it all connects and how when we know about both the physical and the and the spiritual and when it merges in the right way in that perfect alignment the life is beautiful the life is absolutely beautiful so um thank you for having me here and i hope i i brought some 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 knowledge or something that people can actually be supported Thank you, Olga.
1: Thank you, Olga. So great, right? Just find that inner peace. Uh, and you are such a shining light. And we thank you for sharing part of your journey tonight. It's, uh, it's really encouraging for everyone. We appreciate you.
25: Thank
1: you. You know, these statistics are alarming, but there are over 17 million American adults each year that depression impacts. And tonight, our next panelist, is Jacqueline Young. She has been diagnosed of depression since age 18, and through her life journey, she has learned to live and strive with mental health issues. She's an advocate in mental health and keeping and sharing her positive mindset and thoughts through various social media platforms daily. She has over 100,000 followers and millions of views on her articles. She's an entrepreneur of a business consultant company serving over 18 countries with recorded sales of $5 million annually. Welcome to the panel tonight. Thank you for joining us.
26: Hi, everyone. Um, I am excited. I am inspired by everyone that's sharing your life experience. I have so much going on in my mind right now. Um, I just um, share my experience and make it short. I would say from an abusive father to an abusive husband, lost one child who just lived for two minutes and lost another one when I got divorced. Being all alone sometimes is hard, especially when it comes to a point of depressions. Um, My first sexual abuse experience, I was three. And I never told anyone, not even my mother, not even anyone close to me. Why I brought this up is I believed that is a huge group in the depression syndromes that I call ourselves the silence group. It could be because of our pride. It could be because of different kinds of reasons. We just don't reach out, just don't don't want to bother people, don't want to put our problem onto other people. It's just don't reach out. And being attempted suicide three times, and thank God that I'm still alive. And the first time that I found peace when I was in church at age 18. And at, the, at that moment, I'm Friends around me thought that I have something wrong and they actually brought me to uh, therapies. And that's the only one-time therapies I have in my entire life because I was not the first, the, the first person as in the incidents to take that initiative to visit a therapies and seek for help. So instead of, instead of opening up myself and tell the therapist how I feel inside, I was trying to pretend in denial that I'm fine. And I would never forget what she told me, the therapist. She said, if you don't help yourself, nobody can help you. And that is important for all of us to know. There is people out there that really want to help people with depressions or mental health issues. But sometimes for people like us in the silence group, we want to tell you that we're fine, I'm great, totally fine, no worries, I'm good. (laughs) But underneath, we're creating this skimmer that we're hurting ourselves emotionally, internally. I remember when I grew up in a pretty much poor family, I always felt like that I'm not, I'm not going to be successful. And when I was getting into swimming team, winning that medal becomes something to, you know, compensate that feeling of not winning or successful. But again, that is still physical, but the internal Self-sabotage, it's strong. So at one point when my, my father started to you know abuse my mother, physically, mentally, and when I got into a marriage similar like that, I, have, I have at one point in life that I told myself, all right, so this is your destiny. You're going to be, no one loved you because you just don't deserve it. But at that point, when you look at that, Self-sabotage all comes from within. Outside, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I'm smiling. Like, like some, of, some of us actually mentioned that too. So at the point of depression, especially chronic depression, you don't depress the whole time. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're not good. Something that trigger that I want to bring it to the light as well. Trigger that you don't know what triggers you. It's hard to to find a specific trigger for the depression to come and visit you again. It's just like a friend, not a good one, but they eventually maybe come and visit you again. So my recent visit of my depression's friend was last November. It was coincidence. I was study psychology at that point. And I look at it like, Oh my God, there is a list of syndromes. I'm like, tuck, tuck, chuck, oh my God. Oh, my depression just came back. And being consciously to study your own. And that's the reason why I also um sharing thoughts every day because the silence group, they do not like your post, they don't, they don't comment your post, they don't even talk to you. But there is always people that they read it, maybe they can get some positive energy from that. And I would say that there's a lot of things that easier said than done. Yeah, tell the silence group to reach out is one thing that easier said than done, absolutely. And so I, I talked to one of my, um, I call her sister, because our birthday is only four days apart. And she's in the, in the audience right now supporting me. She's my best friend. And I told her, I realized that there may be one way that we can help to prevent suicidal, especially you know going through all these um, celebrities and, or, or, art, or, or artists or actors that we may know. There's a lot of people that they commit suicide silently, and leave out the regrets for the loved ones. And if we can do a little more conscious thoughts about that, is to pick up what you would do when you're depressed. For me, I bake. I keep baking every day, but I don't eat them. I just keep baking. So I told my, my best friend, I said, if you realize that I keep talking about baking, <laughs> that there's something wrong with me. So it's kind of like a, a signal that if you went through that, you may be able to consciously look at yourself and ask yourself, what would I do? Some people clean homes. I have a friend. If you go to her home and she's cleaning most of the time, even though it's completely clean, there's no dust, but she's still cleaning, then she might be a signal of depression. Everyone is different. Um, When we we feel depressed, we did something to try to balance, like I said, compensate that kind of um, feeling down and we would do something. So find the close person to you and tell them what is your signal so that the silence group get to have a little signal I hope this will help people like me in the silence group because silence groups, for tons of reasons, they, they just don't reach out. And no matter how many times you ask them, they still tell you the same thing, I'm fine, I'm good. <laughs> and I think that is important because none of us want to see any tragedies happen again and again. And also when that happened, also trigger people to think of that too. And like I said, the first time that I found peaceful was in church, but I have to admit it, I left God behind, didn't talk to him for a long, long time. Until that's a moment, it was December, um, two days before Christmas, um, I suddenly felt God said to me, hey, I gave you all this experience for a reason. Don't sit on it. You learned so much through your life with depressions and all this experience you learned. Now you go get this out and help someone. So I believe that God gave us experience in life for his purpose. If we know that and like, you know, Turn the mess into message. This is really a great point to make. And um, besides that, I also want to address one thing: is most of us we talk we talk about our experience. Most of us suffer childhood. If you look at the mental health statistics, you realize that age six to seventeen has actually quite a huge amount of reported um, mental health issues. Mental health and physical health is the same thing. They are together. Without one, you would get you will not get the other one. So, um, I would say that for younger generation, it's just when they're younger, they may not be able to express how they feel about it. They may, we, as parents, we may be you know losing sight on how they feel about it. So, try to talk to them, ask them open questions, and 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 let them express their feeling because sometimes we're so busy with our own thing. Although my child is not with me, but we're so busy with our own things that we actually overseeing the the children's need that they might have a problem. And because most of mental health issue, except for, of course, some physical body issue, most emotion issues are self-reported. So if they do not tell you, you don't know. So the numbers could be different from maybe cultural difference. Like um, I love this panel because it's diversities. All of us are from different background, different races, different gender. Depression doesn't choose whether you're women or men or you're black or white or you're yellow like me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just a, a, a human thing. So looking into it, it's just, it happened to happen. And what we can do is try to consciously to pick why you think what you think. I have a question to always ask myself, will you love yourself if you ever met yourself? Most of the time that we will say yes and no, because there's always yes and no there. We want to love ourselves, but at some point, some part of us, we may not love ourselves that much. When we can consciously look at that, we can address it and work on that part of it, and embrace what we have, what we, we have been through, and that is the key. So um, I don't want to make it too long. Um, I just want to leave one philosophy that I live by every day: Kindness is free. Anything you can choose, choose to be kind. There is a lot of silence group out there. What you said could trigger. So if you can, be kind. And gratitude is the key. Appreciate yourself. Appreciate everyone around you. Whatever that happened, God gave it to us for his purpose. Thank you so much, Gigi. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so blessed to be here with everyone. And wish everyone have a great weekend ahead.
0: Thank you, Jacqueline.
1: Thank you, Jacqueline, you know, some notes that I took earlier on when you were talking about um, viewing things in your life that didn't really fit who you were going to become. And so you had to change that view and you really had to change that mindset. So I applaud you for that. That's a long journey. And uh, so go bake, (laughs) you remind us to go find those things that we really enjoy to change that view. The next segment is our sponsors, everyone that has helped put this event together. And Gigi, again, thank you so much for hosting and gravitating all of us together to make sure that this is just a tremendous event for resources. And I'd like to start off um, Lakeisha James. She has been one of our event planners and, and really coordinators for all of these events. She's a corporate event planner, set designer, mentor, author, an Atlanta chapter leader for the World Women Conference and Awards. And Lakeisha, thank you so much for all
27: you do for us. Thank you, guys. Don't look at my blue teeth. My I'm starting to be transparent <laughs> with my backdrop. But I commend you guys. Um, you know, I haven't shared this before, but I went through a depressive state a couple of years ago, actually. Um, I was down in the valley and I didn't really recognize what it was until I actually didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't like the way that I look. So I definitely commend you guys for being transparent, sharing your stories, because someone definitely needs to hear it. It helped me and just know that you're not alone. We're here to support you with this event and outside this event. So I love you guys and congratulations on being on this journey to being a better you.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And Rogni Senecas, you are such a trooper. You have supported every single one of these events and panels because you are a passionate woman leader. You have so many things that you stand for, and you're the founder of the world women conference and awards, and you are the women entrepreneurs TV and change makers coach and a public speaker. And thank you so much for supporting all of these events.
28: Oh, this has been uh, a, a great honor to do so because those topics are absolutely uh, crucial to to raise awareness that and really voice out. Uh, and as every single speaker has told today, uh, you are not alone. You need to voice out I know that as many were saying that uh, not everybody wants to talk when you are under depression and that's so true but uh, but uh, another thing which was also mentioned exercising not not exercising and not feeling um, that you want to do that and as Donna Campbell was saying uh, about serotonin I want to just um, Add on something which I think uh, can be a great uh, game changer for someone who is listening today. I want to talk about cortisol. And cortisol is the fear hormone, which is the highest first thing in the morning. So if you really want to sort of uh, change your game, then what you need to do as soon as you wake up and the earlier you do, the better. I am the 5 uh, uh, (laughs) a.m. club member, but uh, whatever you do, whatever time it is, two, 20 minutes uh, of intense exercise. You wanna wanna sweat. You just don't wanna walk or stretch. You wanna sweat. And what does it do? When you sweat, you release brain-derivated neurotrophic Factor, which is going to repair the brain cells that are damaged by stress and it promotes faster processing which allows you to think better during the day and uh, and it's it's also good when for example you feel angry you feel devastated then in, instead of uh, acting on something, put your shoes on and go and run as fast as you can, or bicycle or do something which, uh, which really will chemically change your mindset. And just um, keep that in mind that with better, better awareness, you're able to make better decisions and with better decisions, you will get better results. So whatever you picked up today, then uh, let it in, but not just on intellectual, but emotionally. So because until you are dragging your past with you, the the toxic feelings, uh, past hurts, you will never deliver the creativity, productivity, performance, and peace that you're looking for. You need to get rid of, of those things before you are able to change your life otherwise you are going to play in those low and negative energies and uh, this is a long run and hopefully you will come out if you don't know how to do it every single person who is in this panel can help you so reach out and we will be your help thank you very much and obviously the team is absolutely amazing. I, you can't, every time you surprise me and bring something else on the board, I'm like, I'm. ah, uh, you are amazing. Gigi, Melanie, Lakisha, Jacqueline, thank you for all the work that you're doing. I love you guys. Thank you. Uh,
1: Jacqueline, I thank you so much, Ragni. Uh, you are just, you're tremendous and you are such a mentor to so many people and we love you. So thank you very, very much. Uh, Jacqueline, I wanted to honor you because you have helped us with the chat tonight. You have been so wonderful. And I know we had you as a speaker originally. So (laughs) I wanted to give you a couple of minutes just to speak into this group. I know you have been doing such a great job for us. Um, So if you'd like to say a few words.
17: Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I decided to reach out to Gigi because uh, she was with me on another event and I really, really connected really good and with me as well. So I did suffer from depression when my father passed away. I was depressed for three years and I couldn't get out of that depression. And one of my friends told me, Jackie, I want you to go to a retreat, a Catholic retreat. And that's what helped me get out, reconnecting with my faith and finding my purpose in life and thank you for giving me this opportunity thanks
1: thank, yeah. you. thank you and our last sponsor we have Daniel Gomez uh hello Daniel
25: hey Melanie how you doing good evening hello Gigi thank you. I was watching some of these speakers and it was just amazing right I remember when I suffered from depression when my brother committed suicide and it was just uh it's something that he never wished upon anybody. So when Gigi asked to be a sponsor of this, definitely, definitely, just the stories, right? And I love what Rodney said, right? You can't, a body emotion can be depressed. And I think when I was at that moment of depression, you know, my dog's the one that took me out of depression because I remember he would want to walk every morning and God used our little dog bucket to to kind of get us that. So I'm just honored to be here and just support y'all. And Gigi, you did an amazing job, made an amazing job just moderating and beautiful stuff. So to everybody out there, just remember this, always reach out for help. Never think that your life doesn't have value and you're more valuable than you realize. And when you don't think you matter, you do matter because at that moment of of depression and loneliness, it seems like you're in this cage and the best thing you can do is just reach out for help. There's more people out there that want to help you than you can realize. Believe me, you have awesome people like Melaniache, you have Gigi, you have Ragne, you have everybody here, Lakeisha, all the speakers here. We know what it's like to be in a situation of loneliness. And it's not a good place to be. So I encourage anybody watching this, if you feel lonely, if you feel depressed, those feelings are real. Validate them by reaching out because if you try to handle it by yourself, it's not possible. And most important of all, reach for God because God will definitely help you, because He's the one to help me get out of my depression it's a real thing and you just don't realize it sometimes. So just think about that. And it's been an amazing, uh, I did awesome. So Melanie, you always are a rock star on the mic. I always told you that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me and Gigi. Thank you for having me as a sponsor of the Marty Strong Foundation. We support women with breast cancer and um, we'll be having our women's conference here on October 16, 2021. We're going to have, uh, actually Gigi's going to be our keynote speaker. So we're honored to have her here in San Antonio, Texas. So God bless everyone and have an amazing evening. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And I just saw our last panelist pop in here, Michelle Patterson. There she is. (laughs) Hi, Michelle. I had another statistic and I was saving it for you. So I was glad that you popped up here. It talks about workplace depression because that is so real. And so we talked about 42% of the population has been diagnosed in 2020 from 11% in 2019 with depression. Now, this statistic says there is 62% increase in people who actually took something and took action on getting help. 62% of that 42%. So that's really high numbers. And these are from workplace statistics. So I know that um, before I introduce you here, I wanted to just challenge people to really think about what we're doing in our work environment and how we're thinking about what we really want to do with our lives. And are we taking those actions like everyone has told us, get up and walk and eat healthy and, and really monitor how we feel in that emotional intelligence. So Michelle, you are the chief experience officer at Real Share, the CEO at Women Network and the president of the California Women's Conference at Women Network. So welcome and thank you for joining us tonight.
22: Oh, well, thank you. And I just wanna say thank you. Gigi, your soul, it just, it shines. Um, There's no other place that I wanted to be um, tonight. I met this amazingly beautiful woman who is really joining geniuses and crowdsourcing miracles and, and making things happen. So I, um, I think your question to the audience is a great one um, because it's something that all of us um, really have to look at. I had a, a, an amazing uh, couple of years. Uh, and just to share with the, the audience, I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and I was given 90 days to live. That was back in 2019, it was April 15th. And I had just, Uh, sold a company um, that was putting together curated uh, cannabis boxes for women. Uh, The company went IPO uh, this past December, and it was, um, you know, pain was my teacher. Um, The cancer had metastasized and went into my spine, into my L1, and I found myself you know, in bed, um, telling my husband that I just—it's too much pain. I I can't. I don't want to do this. I mean, it's 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 it's. I mean, I literally was in bed and could not get out of bed. And I believe that this has been my best blessing because it really got me to be quiet and to look at you know, what is it that I wanted to create in my life? And, uh, and you know, and since it's created The Real Share, which is a place that, that, that women and men can go to when they're in a state of flight and fright, and they can have a safe zone, you know, where, where, where they can get into a creative space. And, and we've all had it. I mean, we've all had, you know, at one time or another, uh, this feeling of being in a place of desperation and feeling despair and feeling loneliness and feeling overwhelmed. And it, 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 it affects every one of us. It doesn't matter, you know, if you are running a company and the CEO of a company, or you are running a household and, and, and getting the things that your family needs from you. We all You know, we all have this mindset and my message is very, very simple. And that is choose you, choose you. Um, You know, the, I just celebrated 50 uh, last year and it has truly been my best year on the planet. And it's come with a lot of tears, but it also came with me really identifying, you know, what it was, that really resonated with me you know what are the relationships that I wanted to have you know with my husband you know of 25 years you know what's the relationship that I wanted to have with my two adult children who um we're all you know we're all home together and and cancer affects you know it affects the whole family and you know and how how this was affecting them and I think going back to this mindset of choose you it's it's being okay with not being okay. It's, you know, when you have those days where you're just like, you know what, I don't want to stay on the planet. I'm in pain, you know, I hurt. And, and it's being okay to cry and to, um, you know, lean in on your family. And and this is coming from somebody, you know, I have my, you know, mama bear hat on. Um, I'm a warrior goddess. I mean, I, I've always done life where I've had this mindset of I can do it myself and I can do it. And I, I and I and I felt like I didn't have to lean in on, on anybody. And what that did was that it, it always kept that little space between me and God and me and 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 really saying, you know, I don't have to have all the answers. Um, But what I do have to do is I have to receive the support and I have to receive the help. And this last year, I mean, I, I've never felt so supported and so loved and, and just feeling like, you know what, it's okay. And, And I'll, I'll share this with you. My business partner, I mean, if you guys can imagine, you know, telling your business partner, you have cancer. And I I walked in on stage four cancer. And I had been complaining for about six months, saying that my left side hurt. And the doctor sent me home saying I had a pinched nerve. And so I remember calling, and uh, my business partner came over, Kim Kovacs, just amazing, amazing person. And she said to me, She goes, Michelle, she goes, this is like being on bed rest. And she goes, This is your time to heal and love on yourself. And I remember crying and being frustrated and thinking that's a waste of time. You know, I can suck it up and I want to stay with my purpose, which was bringing healing modalities. I had uh, been producing the California Women's Conference that turned into the Women's Conference, had the honor of taking over Maria Shriver's uh, role. And so here you have this, you know, individual that spent the last 20 years providing resources and putting things together. And now it was my time to, to really just, you know, sit back and just be. And, and what I found myself saying is, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson has a book out called The 12 Rules. And his chapter two was treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for taking care of. And that to me, my husband, you know, said it to me, it was, uh, it was a Thursday night, we, we live on the lake. My, my, uh, my, my child had uh, just come home from uh, school and uh, had been having some health issues and uh, went into the hospital for 23 nights And I remember my husband looking at me, I was going in the next day for a biopsy. And he said, he goes, Michelle, he goes, you need to treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for taking care of. You need to be a mama bear for you. And I went in, I did the biopsy the next day and Tuesday we got the results back. And I remember sitting back and just thinking, wow, You know, this is, this is an opportunity for really, for me to love, you know, love me like God loves me. And, and I've never been a really super religious person, but I've been a very spiritual person through this process. And that is choose, you know, choose you, pick you. And once I started doing that and being candid with the folks uh, you know that were my doctors, I put a team of doctors together, and I started doing these Zoom calls before COVID hit, and I was sharing with this team of doctors, and I was saying to them, you know, asking for their opinions and asking for their feedback. And they disagreed. They weren't all on the same page. Some of them thought I should do radiation, some of them thought I should do chemo. Some of them thought, um, you know, I I needed to do a spiritual uh, retreat. And and so I took all that information in and I prayed and I meditated and I developed the most beautiful relationship with my family. And I'll share with you guys this morning, you know, my 21 year old son um, came in and And, uh, we just were being together and he was loving on his mom and, and we were snuggling and, and I didn't have that before, you know, I didn't have it before this blessing. And so my message, you know, to all of you is choose you, you know, you know what you need, you know, you are in your body, mind, body, soul, spirit. And when we get really real about what we need and we recognize, you know, that we, you know, as women, as mama bears, you know, as papa bears have been making the best decision we can with the resources that we have available, there is no shame in that. And when we can come together and start sharing information with one another That's what I did, and and, and two years later now, I'm able to sit before you um, on on Monday, and Gigi, I totally wanted to share this with you. On Monday, I got my best PET scan back after two years, and all it showed was uh, in my spine, which is painful, um, but my L1 had shown some activity. And I thought, you know what? the cancer is totally going away on all parts of my body i know now what to do you know i know i know how to listen i know how to listen to what it is that i need and one size does not fit all and so my 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 comment to you and and is 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 listen you know listen to you you know listen to yourself choose you and and be vulnerable with your friends You know, be vulnerable that you've had depression or that you're experiencing depression. Sometimes it's okay. It's okay not to be okay because we get the signals, we get the resources, people in your life show up, you know, beautiful souls like Gigi, you know, show up. And and we're able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And you don't have to go at this alone. We were never meant to go out this alone. We were meant to do this collectively because I know that when we know more, we do better. And when we come together and love on each other and show up, you know, in support of each other's families that's when we all win. And so thank you so much Gigi for just creating the space for me to share. Um, If folks want to check out what we're doing and be a part of this we are doing the biggest share to hit the planet and what we're doing is we're sharing we're sharing this information with one another because collectively we've got this figured out we absolutely do so thank you so much it's an honor it's an honor to meet you guys and uh i can't wait to uh to uh have you uh participate in the women's conference and, uh, and for us to uh, just to really join geniuses together. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Michelle.
1: Michelle, thank you so much. It was so great to have you here as our final panelist um, to close out tonight's session. And this has been powerful. So all of you that took out your journals in the very beginning, we heard from Lachelle Adkins, America's Supermom, and she challenged us and she said, you need your toolbox. And remember, you needed your mirror, your mindset, and your microphone. And everybody added one more thing to that toolbox. So I hope you took notes. If you didn't, go back and watch this because these were powerful. Get your vitamin D. Take your walks. Get, your, get rid of your distractions. All of those things that are going to help you be strong in your journey. And finally, reach out to someone that can help you. Don't do this alone. And with that, I'm going to turn this over to Lakeisha and back over to our host, Gigi, because we're going to close this out with a final prayer and a call to action to have you help join everyone on your journey and come into the private Facebook group so that you can get resourced for the rest of your journey as well. So ladies, thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure uh, being the MC for this event.
0: Thank you everyone for being here today. I truly appreciate you. Thank you to our speakers and our sponsors as well. You all are truly inspiring. Your stories are someone else's hope. And remember no matter what in this lifetime to never give up. You know, Mel Robbins has a five second rule. According to Mel Robbins, the five second rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. Also, there's a very powerful verse. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And that's Proverbs 31.8. And that's what you all did today. By showing up and sharing your stories, you are going to save lives. And understand this, you are more than your stories. Today, you all have educated others in regards to depression. You all have raised awareness about depression. Remember this, Joshua 1 9 states, Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for your Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Therefore, remember God is with you wherever you go. Never give up. In this lifetime, when you get knocked down, You get back up and you keep fighting no matter what. Now, the call to action after this event today is to join our depression discussion group. There, this discussion continues in a positive manner. And what better place than a group of leaders who have survived depression themselves? A group of experts so that you can express yourself freely in a safe place. Join us today. And also Jacqueline will put in the chat box, the national hotline for mental health. You are not alone, reach out. You have folks on this panel who are willing to help you as well. Reach out, you are not alone. Thank you all. And I'll turn it back over to Lakeisha James to end the event with a prayer.
27: Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for this day that you've made and we're really sealing with your son, Father. We thank you for this platform that Gigi created, Father. We thank you for landing on her heart to talk about topics that are hard to discuss. We thank you for each and every person that, that had a story, Father, because we all have a story. We thank you right now for their transparency. We thank you for allowing us to be a support, allowing us to have ears, Father. We thank you right now for not leaving us nor forsaking us. And Father, we thank you for being our foundation, our first love we thank you, father for strengthening us in our time of needs and we're bringing we're bringing all the depression the mental the mental health to the altar right now leaving it all to you god and we believe in that you will heal us in the mighty name of jesus we give you all the honor the praise the glory in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you all and have a blessed day